Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. TheAuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters that's where inspect all pest services comes in they do gutter cleaning gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round and full gutter replacement in addition to gutters they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new inspect all pest services call them today 770-483-2420 770-483-2420 mention the bs receive 10 percent off your gutter or pressure washing needs <laughs> want to come to a party the bailey show podcast presents podcast and pours to Halliversary, Saturday, October 29th, starting after the UGA game at Tannery Row in Beaufort, Georgia. Live music from The Verb Pipe. I won't be held responsible. Also, the all-veteran band, Distinct Grace, a live DJ, a live recording of the BS, and two Halloween costume contests, totaling $1,000 in cash prizes. Dollar Store. Less is more. Halloween costume contest. $40 early bird ticket price while they last. And $100 for VIP, which includes free food and a drink. Join everyone from the BS Network as we celebrate Halloween, the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and Bailey getting fired. That's what's up! More details and to purchase tickets, go to podcastthebs.com. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. <laughs> it's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. Ah. 
right, there it is, episode 98 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors Studio, sponsored by Watkins Law Firm. Thanks so much to Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, 770-648-4009. Looks like a few of you on the BS private Facebook group is needed, old Tyler Watkins, for whatever reason, personal injury, wrongful death. Landlord-Tenant Disputes, General Civil Litigation, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. Still no Nader Taters. He's in Greece. Kurata. Kurata. I told him Greece 2 is better. He never wants to believe me. There's Brandon B-Man Thrasher in the Zelensky Studios there in Noonan, Georgia, with all of his little sticky post-it notes behind him with from what I've been told, are ideas that will never come to fruition. Those are called broken dreams hanging from the wall. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, did did, did they frown upon women in Greece? Uh, do they frown upon women in Greece? I don't think so. Like, no. is it like Saudi Arabia? I don't. Yeah, think, I, don't. I, saw, I saw in one of the pictures Alexis was wearing like some kind of headdress thing, and just one of them. So I don't know if she had to cover up or something. I don't think they have to wear headdresses in Greece. I'm pretty certain they do not. I don't know. Chuck Lunsford, the lead singer of Distinct Grace, is helping us out. You tell us. You've probably been there, right? So you only have to wear them if you are visiting mosques or religious buildings. In Greece? Yeah, they do it in Italy, too. So if you go in really? and you're a female, then they'll typically give you, like if you're wearing a strapless shirt or whatever, they'll give you something to cover up with. I'm more concerned about why Nate was swimming with sandals on. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did not. I missed that. Really weird. No. I, I saw the video of how interested he was in the oldest olive branch i saw the only the oldest olive tree olive tree yeah i it reminded me of that scene in uh vacation where he's like you don't want to go see the largest ball of yarn or something like that <laughs> that guy totally wrecked like ripping people off you guys want to see the oldest oak it's in buford georgia come to my house i'll show you I'll well if you that. go to a mosque here in the united states you'd have to wear a headdress too i mean that's their rules yeah that's their that's their house you'd have to do it yeah but i don't think that's very common here well, I don't see too many non-Moscowers going to a mosque. You know, I, I don't see anybody visiting, oh, let's go to the mosque in Bainbridge, Georgia. Let's go. Let's go. I don't think that's happening. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a mosque. Are they, are they allowed to drive there? Allowed to drive I, to a mosque? I don't know if it was like Amish or something. Like, you know, they don't want any Mosques, worldly possessions there. They're not, they're, <laughs> they're not Amish. It's Muslims. Oh. Yeah. Do, do, okay. do you even know what a mosque is? Yeah, it's, a, it's like a church for, I guess, Muslims. It's a place of worship for Muslims, yes. That's what it is. But th so they, does mosque mean church in Muslim? That, I don't know that. I just I just know that that's, that's their thing. And, you know, just, just like, you know, you, I think people should dress up to go to church. You know, the last time I went to church was a very long time ago. The last time I went to church, I was so turned off. There was a guy sitting in front of me wearing jeans, jean shorts and a Minnesota Vikings jersey. Oh. And I grew up going to church every Sunday, and you would wear a suit and tie, even yeah, as a kid. Yeah. And I think you should still do the same. I even think when you get on a plane, you should, you know, you don't have to dress up like you used to back in the 80s. But, the, you know, people that get on with their pajamas, I think, is, is a little... Unless you're going to the islands or something, then you can kind of dress down. Well, you can dress, you know, shorts and a shirt or something, you know, a nice shirt or something like that. But at least look respectable, mm. you know. I think there's something weird. I agree, and I don't know why I agree. Because it's the right. I, there's very few things that I'll say that you should not agree. With. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very intelligent human being. I've got to tell you that. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so he's enjoying himself in Greece, which is great. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. He took his wife there for their anniversary. She is Greek, so she's never been to Greece. So that was something cool that Nate did, always thinking of his wife. He's a good dude like that. So we wish him nothing but the best and happy, safe travels. Then to get back home in one piece um, so he can get back to work and do the things that I don't want to do. <laughs> well, Nikki D is doing most of the stuff. Thank you, Nikki D. And she's taking time off too. Nikki D, she like joins the show and she's like, I'll be there every Tuesday and Thursday. And then like with her job, she's like, oh, I can't uh, because I'm traveling and I've got to work these days for like the next month. So I'm like, what am I going to do for, you know, for a couple of weeks? Got to pay her more. Well, I've got to call Chuck Lunsford. It's what I need yeah. to do. <laughs> but she was like, well, I want to do something. I feel bad. She's like, so I'll edit the podcast. I was like, oh, that's great. Because that I helps you. I, yeah, I did it last time. The date was gone. I, Not my thing. Not that it's very difficult. It's tedious. Mm -hmm. It's a very tedious job. It's, 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 and I'm not a tedious type of guy. So uh, my daughter had her senior homecoming last weekend, and she went to Macon, Georgia, for her homecoming. She doesn't go to school in Macon, but her boyfriend goes to school in Macon. So her and her close friends went to Macon to their homecoming. Now that I so talk, now that I talk, now that I like say it out loud, it sounds really weird. That is really weird. It was. It wasn't their homecoming. It was the Macon boyfriend's homecoming. Yeah, it was just so it was so there were four of them, including the boyfriend, right, and the boyfriend's younger sister. It was their homecoming, and my daughter went, her best friend from here went, and her boyfriend, who goes to school here, went to their homecoming. And I said to Ray, I said, I, I didn't think schools allowed other people, for people from other schools to, to come to their homecoming. Like, I thought that was a thing. I'd say, I thought that was a big thing. Yeah. That's why it's your homecoming. It's your homecoming. Like, you can't bring someone else, and there would always be the issue of, um, the uh, like, oh, you can't take your, you know, you got a girlfriend from somewhere else. You're going to have to, we're just going as friends. And then you end up hooking up. Or like a rival school, like our thing was, you know, they didn't want a rival school to come in oh, yeah. and like, you know, start a fight yeah. on the dance floor. Because you can't have the rivals there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Macon's like, what, two hours away? Hour and a half away? Uh, well, <laughs> going there, it was three hours away because there were four different accidents. It took me an hour and a half to get through 17 miles mm. of traffic. On the way back, it was only an hour and a half. It's not, it was, it's not too bad. So you drove her to Macon. No, she drove herself to Macon. Wow. But we drove for 10 minutes of pictures, which was <laughs> really, it might've been the dumbest thing I was ever a part of <laughs> in my life. It was like, I've got no problem because I, I, I we want to be a part of every minute of her senior year. I'll, I'll drive to Toronto if need be, to be a part of this event because it's it's a once-in-a-lifetime event. This is her last homecoming uh, for high school. That's not a problem. The issue that I had was we drove to Macon to take pictures because supposedly where we were taking pictures is the go-to spot to take pictures. There's a college in Macon. Did you guys know it's called Wesleyan College? Never heard of it. Mm -hmm. It's a college, and that's where all the kids went to go take pictures. So I'm thinking, okay, it's probably a really beautiful campus, a lot of green space, good background, you know, blah, blah, blah. All the pictures that were taken were in front of 
double doors to a building. Mm. My doors at my house were nicer than these double doors. Like they were just just plain Jane, white wood trim, glass squares, doors with two columns on each side. And, and, you, and you had to take the picture. No, I didn't take any pictures. It was it was it was, it was kind of it was I don't say weird, but it was interesting. There were a bunch of kids. There were probably like fifteen kids, and they they all I guess are buddies and friends and stuff. And they they were up on the steps, and then all the parents were down on the ground. And there was one guy who took charge, which was cool. I even complimented him. I was like, "Sir, you're doing a good job." We're in an FSU shirt. And he's like, "All right, all the guys, all the girls." All right, now let's get the dates. I was like, that's what you need. This guy's a leader. I don't know what you do for a living, sir, but I'd work for you. <laughs> and, and so the, the parents were on each side, and then you had a couple, you know, they're all Mike and people. They're all talking like this. So you had, the, like, one lady, she's like, uh, somebody just text me the pictures you're taking. Just take, just text me. There's no sense having 20 people take pictures. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you drove <laughs> two and a half hours. Couldn't you have just been like, hey, Make sure those pictures get texted to me. Yeah, but you know, you want to be there for you know, just just showing up is is you know, it's like your kid doesn't know you're in the stands if he plays football, right? But after the game, you say, "Oh, you know, that was a great play," or something. Or even if your kid doesn't even play football, I mean, like he plays he's on the team, but he doesn't play. Yeah, you still go because your kid's there. In case three people get hurt, he gets a shot. <laughs> but you, you I mean, you got a small child, you know what it's like, you know, yeah. you, you go to and then when you get to like where Mike, you know, where Ariel's at, time's out. It's running out. Yeah. I mean, she just got accepted her first college acceptance letter. Uh, actually, her, it was a college acceptance text. And she was so excited. It's a school that she probably won't go to. But, you know, the way they, they do it now, there's like a portal. Like, you don't sit there and handwrite letters or anything anymore. Is There's a portal. Mm-hmm. You just fill out the information, and it just shoots to all the schools that you want to go to. Oh. And you can have communication with them through this portal. Fucking brilliant. Uh, and one of these schools is a, that was on the list was, is a private all-girls school. <laughs> That's what she got accepted to. She'll be, she'll be accepted to more schools. She's got her SAT this weekend and all that stuff. But uh, So she was very excited, and she sends me a screenshot of it. And I was like, I was like, that's great, sweetheart. I was like, I'm so proud of you. I go, but through a text, I go, there, there's something to be said about checking the mailbox every day for the letter. And uh, I was like, unfortunately, I guess you won't be able to experience that. Well, the next day we got a letter. And she didn't care about the letter. She was just, I got the text. I mean, it, it makes her feel good. I mean, it's an all-girls school, so they probably have automatic replies for people that are like, you know. Just registered. you're automatically <laughs> in. <laughs> as soon as you send it, congrats. Thank you for applying. You start in three months. If you have breasts, you're automatically entered. <laughs> you, you are, you, you, you will see in the fall. <laughs> Don't worry about graduating high school. As long as you finish the 11th grade, you're in. <laughs> Uh, she was very excited about that. So anyway, we go to Macon. Uh, literally, we're there for 10, 15 minutes, take these pictures. And um, her boyfriend's dad is a cop in Macon. Really nice guy. His parent, this, I like this kid a lot. He's a very nice guy. It, I, I like him because he's got a little edge to him. You know, so I, I know that if somebody messes with her, He's he looks like the guy that would whip your ass, and I and I and I I I like that. I like her to feel safe around. You know, she's had boyfriends in the past where I'm like that dude's going to get destroyed. <laughs> she's going to be protecting him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not going to happen. Stop kicking him. So so I like a guy that like you know he's got a little edge to him, a little fear factor where somebody comes around, and he's like, I'm not the guy. You don't want to do it. So I can appreciate that. Dad's a cop. I don't know what mom does. Good people. 
Dad had to get back to work. He was on the job. He showed up. He's, you know, he's got his outfit on and stuff and really nice dude. Um, so we were done and it was like 15 minutes later. We just drove two and a half hours to take these pictures and we're done. And she says, uh, she says, what do you want to do now? I said, well, I guess we'll go get some dinner. You know, it was like five thirty, six o'clock. I was like, well, where do you want to go? And they started naming all these places. I was like, well, there's an Applebee's mm. right there across from, <laughs> from, from the, from the Kroger. Cause I got to get some gas. I was like, it's just on the way out. You know, I mean, how many nice places can there be at Macon, right? So it's like, uh, Applebee's, you never have a bad meal at Applebee's. Never. You know, that bourbon steak and <laughs> Oreo shake. Chili's and Applebee's, man. <laughs> One check, I got you, girl. What was that song by Walker Hayes that just plays constantly at Applebee's? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, like Applebee's yeah. on a date night. night. Yeah. Uh, that bourbon steak with the Oreo shake. <laughs> got one check, girl. I got you. <laughs> My Dixie Lambie, 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 Lamba Loomba, whatever it is. Yeah, that's a fucking catchy ass song, though. <laughs> Brilliant song. You know, like Applebee's will pay him forever for that song. It just plays constantly at Applebee's. So we're going to Applebee's. And, you know, if you've ever seen Couples Retreat, there's a joke in there about Applebee's. You ever seen the movie Couples I Retreat? I don't remember the joke. It's, you know, you don't want to go to Vince Vaughn is talking to the guys about relationships. And he's like, I'm having a real fight with my wife and I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good, you know, but here's the thing is, you know, nobody wants to go to Applebee's by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to go to my wife and go to Applebee's talks to Vince Vaughn's whole, um, dialogue, not dialogue, but his, his whole gimmick with his comedy is he repeats a word over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very funny. I mean, he said that out loud. That's part of his, his, his routine. And I've kind of adopted that style because I think it's very, very funny. So he just constantly repeats Applebee's. If you think about Applebee's is a funny word. It's a buzzword that sticks out. So he continues to talk about Applebee's and how important it is to go to Applebee's with somebody else because nobody likes to go to Applebee's by themselves. And you know what? He's so right. You don't want to go to, you don't want to be found at Applebee's by yourself. That's the worst thing in the world. You're, it's like going to a strip club on Christmas day. And I've been there. It's a very, very sad setting, right? So at the very, very end of the movie, John Favreau, who's in the movie as well, um, he makes up with his wife on the dance floor at this party. And he, he goes, she, she admits that she's done threesomes with, you know, cheated, they've cheated on each other. And they're arguing, but they're they're trying. They're getting ready to get back together. They're getting it all out of their system. And he's like, "I just, you know, I'll, I just don't want to go to Applebee's by myself or something." And she goes, "Oh, are you asking me to Applebee's?" He goes, "Well, do you want to go to Applebee's?" She goes, "Yeah, I'd love to go to Applebee's. I love Applebee's." And then they start making out and stuff. So it's it's a joke with me, me and my wife. Have you seen the movie? It's very funny, and I probably didn't even do it any justice. But as we're driving up to Applebee's, I look off in the distance. When I say distance, right next door. <laughs> and, and, there's, and there's two different restaurants surrounding Applebee's. So, you know, you've got options. And one was a place called Freddy's Steak Burgers. Oh, and, we got a Freddy's. Freddy's pretty good. Okay. It's the red cursive logo. Yep. And it's like an old diner on the inside. It's got the red and white. So, and I didn't, I haven't looked this up, but that's the same font and the same colors as Friendly's. Used to be, is friend is Freddy's the new Friendlies? I don't even know what Friendlies is. So Friendlies is the same place, not the diner aspect. I guess it was kind of yeah, it was a diner aspect, 
But back in the 80s, my grandmother and I would go to Friendly's all the time. It was, as Freddie says, they're milkshakes and steak burgers, right? So it was hamburgers. So we would go in there. My grandmother would always get a hamburger patty. I'd get a hamburger and get a milkshake. They had a little uh, counter that you could step up to. But it was called Friendly's. And I thought they were still around. But I looked over and I glanced at it and I go, that's Friendly's. And then I look back and Rachel goes, no, that's Freddy's. So no, 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 no. That's, and I look back, she goes, I go, oh my God, you're right. But that's the same font, the same color, the same gimmick as Friendly. So I don't know if Freddy's is the South's version of Friendly's and Friendly's is the Northern version. Yeah, I just checked. So they have nothing to do with each other, but a lot of people on TripAdvisor are complaining about that. Okay, they have every right to complain about that because I guarantee Friendly's has been around longer than Freddy's. It's a red and white logo that is almost exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that old Freddy should come out of retirement and maybe, uh, or Friendly, the owner of Friendly should come out of retirement and say something about it. Okay, so I might be on to something here. Uh, This needs to be made a bigger deal than what it might have been in the past. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Freddy's is ripping off Friendly's. (laughs) Yeah. That upsets me because I've got history with Friendlies. A lot of history with Friendlies. Damn, Freddy. You guys ever been to a Friendlies? I haven't. I, I actually thought you were talking oh. about uh, that bar Friends. No. No, 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 no. I don't know. This is Friendlies. You know, it's a frozen yogurt place, custard. What? Friendlies? Friendlies. It was a frozen custard joint. No, it was ice cream. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. It was ice cream. Like, they, they, there wasn't Froyo during those days, I don't think. It was, it was ice cream and steak burgers. And Graham oh, and it I, was custard, custard, frozen custard is what they called it, right? No, it was fucking ice cream, dude. Look at why? Why can't you understand ice? It's just straight up ice cream. There's nothing special. <laughs> it's called it's called Freddy's frozen custard and steak burger. Oh, Freddy, That's Freddy's, Freddy's is custard. Friendly's, Friendly's is ice cream. Ice cream. Okay, so yeah, I don't care it. what Freddy's. Freddy's is is, is is dead to you. Dead to you. Well, Fre- somebody, I'm calling Freddy's today after we record, and I'm going to talk to Fred himself, and I'm going to say. You, this is like McDowell's to McDonald's. This is the same exact thing. Yep. I'm going to open up a Friendly's right across the street from Freddy's. Because <laughs> Friendly's is the OG, and the OG always wins. Really yeah. upsets me. Yeah, I think Friendly's is out of business, but Freddy's is still rocking. I don't think they are. I think there, I are, think- there are a few still left. Yeah, that's it. there's some in Myrtle Beach, Kissimmee, Florida. Kissimmee. That's a Friendly's Brooklyn-style pizza. Never mind. Yeah. Friendly's of Stanley, Stanley, North Carolina. I think there's one in Altamont Springs. Am I right? Uh, I'm just looking on Google. I in mean, Florida. they got a lot of different Friendly's. They got one in Maryland. Oh, that's closed. They open 11. It's, friendly's in Nottingham. Where's the Friendly's at in Maryland? Annapolis? Well, there's one in Nottingham, and then there's one in Glen Burnie. Yeah, Glen Burnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, right where, close to where I used to go, where I grew up. Holy cow, these logos are exactly the same. You seeing that, Brandon? Yeah, I'm looking at it as well. I'm talking like exactly the same. Maybe they did the whole, uh, what was it, Winnie the Pooh? That they, they, Disney lost the uh, the copyright to Winnie the Pooh, so they just came out with a uh, the, like the, the horror version of Winnie horror. the Pooh. So maybe Friendly's you know, copyright fell off. Well, they, they've got to do something, and uh. this is not going to be the last time I talk about this. <laughs> If there, if anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna develop a new podcast just based off the of campaign this. has been started. It'll be like a true crime podcast. <laughs> It'll be episodes that you have to listen to all of them in order, and there'll be seasons. It'll be Friendlies versus Freddies. It's, it's intense. Is or is Freddy friendly? Unfriendly fire. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to it. I mean, think about this: like one of your favorite restaurants growing up as a kid, and you find out somebody's you know 
gimmick infringing. And they almost got you. They, they did almost get Like, I almost turned around. I was like, oh, my God, friendlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pack up the car, kids. Let's go. We're going across the street. It, it almost was one of those things. Okay. We'll get to the bottom of that. All right. So next to Freddy's. Fuck you, Freddy, by the way. I'm fucking really pissed off about this now. <laughs> Is a Fazoli's. Holy shit. I posted this on social media, and it's gone nuts because there are people, there are certain fast food restaurants. Like, I just did the whole thing on Friendly's, right? There are certain fast food restaurants that have the nostalgia factor and that have played a part in your life. It's kind of like music is the soundtrack of our lives. I always say that. You know, there are certain songs, I've got them on my wall right here, certain albums that have played a huge factor in my life. Like, I can tell you when the Huey Lewis and the News Sports album played a factor in my life. That was the first cassette that I ever bought. Poison, obviously, has played a huge factor in my life. Uh, Johnny Cash is at Folsom Prison. Not when the album came out, necessarily, but Johnny Cash himself played a factor in my life during a certain certain period of my life. So fast food restaurants are the same thing. Fazoli's, if you don't know what it is, it's very unique. It's more or less a fast food Italian restaurant. It's have you been to a Fazoli's Chuck? One time. Okay, so you know you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Where did you which one did you go to? Uh, up in Gwinnett somewhere. I think it was in um, Lawrenceville. They're far and few between. Yeah, it was right up it was near Cracker Barrel. That's the other thing. I thought they were all out of business. Now in college in the nineties, we had a Fazoli's right across from UCF. So this would have been 95, 96, 97. There, UCF was nowhere near what it is now uh, then. And there was only a handful of places to eat off campus. And really on campus, there weren't any places to eat. So you had a McDonald's across from UCF. You had a Miami Subs across from UCF, which those are far a few between. There was a um, place called Kelsey's Pizza, that with your student ID, you got a $5 cheese pizza. That was a go-to. It was delicious, all right? But that was more of a mom-pa. Then on the other side, there was an Applebee's, <laughs> and there was a Burger King, and there was a Fazoli's. And, for, you know, you, as a college kid, you know, you have maybe $20 a month to live off of, possibly, for food. Even if you have $100 in your wallet or in your bank account, most of that's going to beer. Yeah. Right. So you've got maybe $20 to live off of. So what we would do is we would try to stretch that $20, even if we put the money in together. Like me and my roommate would say, all right, I'll put in 20, you put in 20, let's go buy things in bulk. And uh, a lot of our go-tos would be when McDonald's had the five for five chicken sandwiches, (laughs) we would go and buy a bunch of the chicken sandwiches. I know I've told the story before, but, but go buy a bunch of the chicken sandwiches and we would freeze them. We had a refrigerator in our in our room. Uh, we lived in the fraternity house. And then one night, we'd pull out one. We'd defrost it. We'd put some Texas peat on it that we had stolen from a, a nearby restaurant. And now we have buffalo chicken for dinner. You know, we take it out. We put some ranch dressing on there. Now we have a ranch chicken sandwich. So you could do a lot with just a plain chicken sandwich oh, yeah. just by the sauce you put on. And you convince yourself that you're having different food every night. Fazoli's was a little bit different. Fazoli's was pasta and breadsticks, and it was like $5 all you could eat. So what we would do is we would wear cargo shorts, and we would go in there, and we would shove as many breadsticks in our cargo shorts as possible. And you would sit there and eat as much as you can because your mindset at that age was you're not eating healthy. You're eating to survive. You're like, 
I'm like a bear. If I can eat as much food at this one setting for $5, I won't have to eat for days. <laughs> and that's what you would do. That's what we did. And then, you know, if you needed to snack later, you had two pockets full of breadsticks to go. So there's a nostalgia factor with the Fazoli's. And the food's really not that bad. You know, it's like a equivalent to like a CeCe's pizza, right? Um, so uh, I saw this Fazoli's and I was, I, was, I was in shock. I was like, holy shit, a fucking Fazoli's exists. And I posted it and people had similar stories on social media. But yeah. were you not wearing cargo shorts? You couldn't go in? Did you go? Well, I've got a few dollars saved up over the years. I'm, I can <laughs> I can afford Applebee's now. So you did. You went to Apple. I thought you were going to tell me you went to Fazoli's and now, put some pasta in your pocket. No, I, I, I well after our, our meal at Applebee's, we should have gone to Fazoli's because it didn't sit well with Rach. <laughs> She's like, "Can we not go back to Applebee's ever again?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's not a problem." Always taking her to the high class places, you know. Uh, but yeah, so you know what I'm saying? There's a fast food restaurant um, that. That that you have a nostalgia factor too. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Did you, did you grow up with one? Oh yeah, I still do, and uh, my wife hates it. Um, so my first job was Hardee's. Oh, I love Hardee's. Five for five, said too. And and man, working there and being able to make whatever sandwich you want with sourdough bread and oh, being yeah. like, I'm gonna go crazy. Texas toast, mushroom Swiss burger on sourdough. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So uh, we did that for I did I worked there for a year and uh, every night. Um, we would always wait till we're 30 minutes from closing and we'd make a lot of food. Oh. Like I'm talking like a, a bus of football players just showed up, right? So we're doing biscuits, chicken, we're dropping sandwiches. And at the end of the night, we would always have a log sheet. We'd say, Hey, like, you know, we're scratching all this stuff. It went to waste. Well, it didn't go to waste. It went to me and the other coworkers and my father who was working construction at the time. He loved it because he'd wake up. 12-piece chicken breast. Why not? He just didn't know it was stolen. It wasn't stolen. It was going to be ruined. So, uh, oh, you were going to, th- you had to throw it away anyway. Yeah, we were going to throw it away because oh, okay. we accidentally dropped it all. Oh, but you're still lying. No, no, it had to go. It better to us than you're still lying to yourself. Well, long story short, even as an adult, you're trying to justify your lies. No, your hearty lies. It was, it was one year of my life that I'll never get back. But I remember when I graduated high school, uh, I, I quit the job and I joined the military. And all of a sudden, I drive by Hardee's, and I, I it's a Tim Hortons. And oh. I'm like, whoa, yeah. what happened? So I go in, and the manager's there, and I'm like, you guys are at Tim Hortons now? I'm like, yeah. Hardee's went out of business in this location. <laughs> and I'm like, just this one? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I single-handedly put them out of business. So anyway, that's, but to this day, man, I still rock Hardee's any chance I get. What's their sister company? Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Or Roy Rogers. Uh, okay, so Roy Rogers. So there was a Roy Rogers, there was a Kenny Rogers <laughs> chicken, right? Yeah. But Roy Rogers, my grandmother and I used to go to Roy Rogers. Oh, so good. So good. Biscuits and gravy. So good. Mm. And that is a little nostalgia to me. The McDonald's and stuff is, is it's kind of easy. But there are certain ones that are just, they're, they're no longer around. Yeah. Uh, twisty Treats. You know, not that that is a fast food place, but I don't think you could get anything other than ice cream there. But you know what a twisty treat is? You ate a lot of ice cream as a kid. I loved ice cream. (laughs) It was a fat kid. You know what a twisty treat is, right? I think I remember it's got the cone. Yeah, the the building is a cone. Yeah. It's an ice cream cone. Yeah. And they were always in the most odd places. They'd put them like right in the middle of a parking lot. 
for no reason. This is like there was, you know, because back in the day, the middle of parking lots used to, they used to try to function as businesses. So you'd have like a twisty treat, you'd have a photo uh, place, you know, get your pictures uh, developed, yep, yep. you know, photo mat or something like that. Well, did you ever have a hot now where you were at? Have you ever heard of those? They only lasted about a year. And they were, hot now. And it was the gimmick of 29 cent hamburgers? No. And it, I, mean, I mean, obviously the business plan was terrible. I mean, it was 29 cent hamburgers. Yeah. But I mean, oh. They were the best. But yeah, they lasted like one year, like 96. Were they like smash burgers? No, they were little guys. They were just like little, not not crystal small. But uh, they were small. But yeah. I mean, oh, you could go in there. And I remember we'd be like, give me 30. Yeah. That'll be a dollar for 16. Well, cri- it, was, it was amazing. Crystals was our go-to uh, in college coming back. So, because they were open late and, you know, my, my roommate and I on our way back from downtown Orlando, we would stop and we would, and this is when you could eat at that time of night, you know, but. We would stop. We would get two large Dr. Peppers. What was our order? Two large Dr. Peppers, like 20 uh, chili cheese pups. They had these little mini hot dogs with chili on them. They're fucking stupid awesome, <laughs> especially when you, know, you got a buzz gun. And then we would get like 20 burgers. You know, so we'd have all this. And it was like, that's $6.84, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you look at each other and go, Hey man, you got three bucks on you. <laughs> this was a good choice. I'm out of money. I, you know, and then you get you get an argument. I remember I bought you a beer at the last place, <laughs> and you never got me back. <laughs> you got to buy me those twenty little hot dogs. <laughs> uh, and then we would uh, sometimes we would take them back to to our room, but other times we would just get in the parking lot and we'd sit on the hood of the car and eat it. Mm-hmm. And, and then sometimes people would show up and it'd be like kind of a party in the park. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the, that's the good stuff right there. It's the nostalgia factor, right? You yes, remember, it is. you remember those, even if it was a fast food place. Fazoli's, I survived. Like I was able to live. My nutrition was, Fazoli's was part of my food group. <laughs> Do they serve ice cream there? No, I don't think I they can't. serve. They might have a dessert. I don't think they serve ice cream. Uh, have you been to a Fazoli's, Brandon? I have not. I've seen them driving by though. They're actually founded in Lexington, Kentucky, like where my family lives. So uh-huh. they got a lot of Louisville. Where where have you seen them driving by? Down by you and Noonan? Uh, I think we had one in Fayetteville, but I think it closed recently, like within the past like five years. But they have one in Atlanta, Columbus, and Cartersville. Yeah, a lot of people uh, on uh, social media were saying Cartersville. That's a weird. That's a weird place for that to start. You don't really associate Le- Italian food with Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> like what guy you know from Lexington? Like, hey babe, I'm gonna start an Italian restaurant called Fazoli's. <laughs> my name is Buck <laughs> Buck LaVizenza. My friends say I make a killer Parmesan. <laughs> you know, I figure if you keep the noodles fresh and you keep it cheap, they'll keep coming back. Exactly. They'll, they'll just keep coming back. There was a uh, another place that holds a near and dear spot. Uh, fa- I could chalk it up as fast food. I've talked about this place before. I made a big deal about it on the radio show, and people actually sent me food from... Um, when they would go back to Ohio, but uh, Skyline Chili. Oh, God. Which was, they sell it in the stores. It's it's not as good. It's got a lot of sodium in it in the stores. I don't think it's good at all. I don't think it's, it's a big, it's Ohio it, State thing. It's like Ohio, yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. It's, it's, what's a, it's a style of doing chili. And like, you know, everybody's got a style of ribs. and stuff. The Ohio style, the Cincinnati style of, of chili is to put it, 
on noodles, but it was a la carte. So you could put, you know, there's a big pot mounds of, of uh, shredded cheddar cheese. People put onions. I don't, I didn't do the onions. And then I uh, think you might put maybe a little sour cream. I don't remember if the sour cream was in there or not, but my, in middle school between husbands, my mom had to get a job and then we were living in Naples, Florida at the time. And she got a job at the mall, which I thought was way cool. So after school, I would just go to the mall and spend the entire day at the mall. Uh, she worked at this furniture store called this end up. Okay. Mm. It, was, it was a big furniture store from back in the day. They'd be in all, every mall, all my bunk beds, all my furniture was from this end up. It was like really hardy wood, good furniture. And it was right across in the movie theater and right across from the arcade, which is like perfect. And right next to the food court. And also in the food court was another one of my favorites, which most of them are out of business, if not all of them, Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> Ruby Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I loved Ruby Tuesday. Salad bar, man. The salad bar was the hip snips, right? Absolutely amazing. You couldn't get a better crouton than at Ruby Tuesday. They made them in-house. Those are like spongy in the middle, but yes. crusty on the outside, kind of pumpernickel-esque. Mm. Holy titties, man. Those were the deal. So they had a Skyline Chili in there, and I would have Skyline Chili. Like I, That's how I found. And it's something in the chili. Like It's it's not a, a, a Southern or Texas-style kind of chili taste. It's a different type of. It's more of like a Mexican street taco type of taste. Yeah, I agree with that. That's and, about right. Yeah, and, and it's I love it. I thought it was delicious. You know, we moved from Naples. I never see one again years later. Uh, I forget how it came up on the radio show when I brought it up, but somebody was either going back to Ohio visiting or something, and they brought it back with them, or they shipped it to me or, or something. Hmm. It was delicious, you know. And somebody bought me, like, 40 cans of it from the store. Like, I found it in the Kroger, man. I bought you a whole fucking cart of it. I had a neighbor bring it over in Ziploc bags, which was kind of weird. I, I Food in Ziploc bags... I can't do. I think that's what it is. You look at it and you're just like, uh, uh. Have you ever seen places replenish their soup? Especially Panera. In the big bags. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to love that broccoli and cheddar at Panera. And then one day they, I don't think they're supposed to do it that way. Like you're not supposed to clean when you have customers in there. You're not supposed to vacuum or sweep, mm -hmm. right? Unless it's necessary. Uh, I saw this guy come out with this giant bag of broccoli and cheddar and just cut the top and pour it into the, the, the thing. I was like, oh. We're refilling the ice machine with a garbage can. <laughs> yeah. It's the absolute worst. Man. I get it. I get it. But just can you not do that when I'm here? <laughs> exactly. Right after you get your cup of ice and he's like, excuse me. And you're like. <laughs> it's one of those things where I understand why you're doing it and I'm okay with you doing it. Just don't do it in front of me. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know what's happening. And that's cool that I know. I just can't justify knowing by seeing it. Yep. Don't give any credibility to you dropping my meat on the floor. <laughs> if you do and I eat it, I'm sure I'm not going to die. Just make me stronger. But if I see you do it, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's a little disgusting. Uh, so, yeah. So some of those places, I don't know, just kind of give me a little flashback. Uh, get any stories from nostalgia fast food places that you like to eat there, Brennan? Yeah, it's a, it's an AT&T store now, but it used to be a Bugaboo Creek Steakhouse, and they had the talking uh, moose in there. They had, like, the talking fish, and it was like a, it was like a wood cabin-esque area. <laughs> kind of like a cool. uh, country jamboree at Disney. Uh, I don't know. I've never been to Disney, but I imagine probably that. You've but never been to Disney? How bad were your parents? <laughs> 
we didn't take a lot of vacations. We, we did. It was it was like a one on one. Like I'd go with my mom on vacation, or I'd go with my dad on vacation. We didn't really take family vacations. They just took you to the Florida Wel- Florida Welcome Center. <laughs> go grab as Florida many of those brochures as you want, son. Hey, honey, pull over. Let's get some pictures to welcome to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we took them. <laughs> so we saved up this year, Brandon. We're going to do ourselves a big vacation. We're going Dahlonega. We're going to find some gold. <laughs> Let's take him to exit four in Florida this year, honey. What vacations did you take as a kid? Uh, mainly it was a lot of going to um, Kentucky with my mom and then going to the beach. We go. I go to the beach with my dad. We did take one family vacation or maybe two to the beach when I kind of got a little older. The beach is nice. What beach? Uh, Panama City. Oh. <laughs> Let's find. Oh, we went to uh, we went to Orange Beach one year too. Let's find the most redneck beach we can go to. <laughs> I don't like to stray from home too much. <laughs> I'm going to go to Home Depot and get five pounds of play sand. I'm going to put it in the backyard. So, did you go during spring break or did you go like when it was kid friendly? Uh, yeah, kid. Fr- well, it was like. J- late July or between June and July, maybe. Oh, okay. But I went on spring break. That's not a terrible. Time. That's not a terrible time to take kids to uh, Panama City. Oh, I wasn't really a kid. I mean, I was like sixteen, seventeen. But he never, as a kid, went like. There's no pictures of him at Disney. Like everybody else's uh, life, uh, Brandon yeah. doesn't have. You want to see the picture album with Brandon? It's only two pages long. <laughs> His was at local. Like, have you, I don't know if you've done this lately, but probably not. Ariel is like graduating high school. My kids are young, so you can rent the Disney characters for your birthday parties. Oh, that's fun. But Mickey Mouse shows up and it's like the scariest damn thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> that's like, they're, they're straight out of a horror now, like a horror book or movie. And you're just like, oh my God, the princesses are okay, but don't go with the actual characters. No, I am Mickey Mouse. You should bring some of them to podcast and pours. I am looking for a tarot card reader <laughs> and one replied on Facebook, but she, I, I, I appreciate having an audience that's, you know, different places, you know, obviously I'm going to have an audience in Florida because, you know, I'm a fan base there, did radio there for many years. Um, but when I ask for a tarot card reader and somebody recommends somebody that lives in St. Petersburg, <laughs> you, you probably got to know it's not going to work out. So do it by zoom. She, she, she replied back and she goes, I'd be more than happy to do it. Just depends on how far of a trip it is. And I looked her up and I said, yeah, thank you. But you're in St. Petersburg. I don't think you want to make the trip. She's LOL. She's like, no, but good luck with the event. Have fun. Are, are tarot card readers the same thing as psychics? Uh, no. Tarot card oh. readers, they have the cards, you know, so they flip it like they flip over the cards and like, oh, yeah, you're going to die by the end of the night. That kind of oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> well, you try to get you, you hope that they won't flip that card for you. We had a Halloween party some years ago at this house. and It was awesome. I mean, it's a were you at that party, Brandon? No, uh, this is like when I first started working, though. I didn't remember it. Uh, it was it was amazing. Like, it, it, people still talk about it to this day. It was so awesome. I mean, we did it up. We had all these, we went out and spent tons of money on different decorations. And it was the whole house in the backyard was like things flying out at you. And it was really, really cool. Hired bartenders and, and we had a shit ton of people at the house. But where my kitchen area is out on the deck, uh, before all that was there, before we redid the deck, my neighbor's mother is a tarot card reader. And he was like, you wanted to come over and do it. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So she came over and did tarot card read the line. And it just, I was just like, we'll just tip her, you know? 
we had a line at our house yeah. for the tarot card reader. I can see that. It was a big hit because everybody wants to know. It's fun. It's, it's a novelty type of thing. Maybe it's something you liked and it's not real. But if it's something you don't like, you're like, wait, that's, that's opposite. Real. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Every, everybody's going to leave. If I find a tarot card reader, don't be surprised if everybody leaves with her saying, you should subscribe again to the BS <laughs> network. <laughs> it will bring you wealth and good fortune in the future. You upgraded your ticket to VIP yet. <laughs> Go ask Jason if you can upgrade your... Go give Jason money. It'll make you a better person. So, uh, anyway. So, Fazoli's exists. This is what we're learning here. Friendly's is still around. Freddy's is ripping Friendly's off. And nostalgia fast food places are a thing. Absolutely. Is there... So, did you ever have to live like $20 a month on just for food? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, when I, when I first joined the military, I, I was making God, hardly anything. Um, and I mean, yeah, but, but I, they fed you. I mean, if you went there during the right time, um, I was single 18 years old living in a dorm. I didn't go a lot cause I thought it was cool. I'm like, I'm not gonna eat that crap. Yeah. You get hungry enough. Right. You so, eat it. But you still had a paycheck coming in. You, you had oh, more. Yeah, I mean, more. I still had money coming in. You, you know, weren't like the college broke. No, I was just stupid broke. You were just like, done. I made bad decisions. You were like, oh, Jack Roush Mustang? Why wouldn't I? You yeah, know? okay. So at 18, I wasn't even, I was just trying to survive. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, literally $20. How can I eat for $20 for an entire month? Yeah. That's a long time mm -hmm. for $20. And I made it work for years. I could stretch $20. Uh, Brandon, you, 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 you're still doing this, right? <laughs> so it's a little more than 20 20 doesn't get you very far nowadays but yeah, yeah. you know i try to budget what, what i eat there was a there was a place in uh orlando called the players club and in college again this would have been the mid 90s i learned about it and it was just a sports bar and and it was in a shopping plaza and the word got out and it was not close but it wasn't far it was far from what we thought far would be, but mm -hmm. in, in reality, it wasn't that far. So the word got out that this place on Tuesday nights does free wings and free wings and free fries. All you have to do is buy drinks. Okay. I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. But <laughs> we don't have enough money to buy like beer in a restaurant. You know, that's, that's crazy money. So we went the first time and we pitched in and got a pitcher of beer. Okay, which wasn't that much. And it was literally all the wings. And the wings were good. And all the fries you could eat. We sat there for hours. And they didn't say anything. They were cool. And we made friends with the waitress. And so we were like, well, we'll come back next Tuesday and we'll see you. So we're like, we'd rather tip you the money so you don't see us taking the wings or the fries um, and not buy the beer. Because, you know, again, not that we didn't like to drink the beer, but the beer was, as a college kid, you're not buying beer at a restaurant. It's too expensive. Yeah. You're buying the Natty, yeah. the Bush, at the store, you know, because it's a, a third of the price. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we go back, we make friends with this, this waitress, and she's, you know, a young girl, and, you know, we flirt with her and all that stuff, and we all got our cargo shorts, shorts on. And so she gives us the same deal of all the wings and all the fries we can eat. And all we have to do is, is, is we don't even buy a pitcher. We get a pitcher of soda. 
which yeah. was like a dollar, two dollars. Yeah. And we're like, we're going to tip you the rest. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we're not like we're tipping her a lot of money, but I think it was like six of us and we all threw in three dollars. So she got like $18 tip, which was huge. Yeah. And we would, we got smart like the fourth or fifth time we started lining our, our cargo pants because the wing sauce would get in our shorts. <laughs> and we'd walk out and we'd like, if you weren't, most of them were khaki. So the, the khaki would have these dark spots on them as you're walking out. You've pretty much ruined your shorts now. So we started lining them with trash bags, you know, the trash bags that we would find, you know, the, you, usually most trash cans, if you pull up the trash bag that's in there, somebody's already left one underneath for the next time. That's just kind of a thing. So we would, you know, get trash bags and we'd put it in there and line it. We'd put, and we'd go in the bathroom and we'd sort it out and we'd walk out and our, our side of our cargo pants were like these big bulges of food. <laughs> and we would go back and we'd put it in the freezer and freeze it. And we would survive again, $20 a month. You can survive if need be. Now, granted, we're, st- we're not stealing because it was all you can eat. Now, that was only once a, that was once a week or once a month. That was once a week. So you, you know there's there's a restaurant right now, you know many of them, and I tell a lot of people that are struggling with finances, where's the one place you can go and eat for free anytime you want? Mexican restaurants. Really? Oh, Tortilla, chips, and hotel. salsa. Go in and rock it. Chips and, then, and salsa? I did that a few times where you just go in and they give you the chips. Like, how much are these? They'd say they're complimentary, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> bring them on. And you can hit about you know two or three times each one before they can make you stop. And then, and then they'd say, are you going to order anything? Yeah, no, no. no. Just, water, maybe? If yeah. I get some water, that'd be great. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm going to tip you a dollar. And they're, they're expensive at Chili's. I think bottomless are like seven ninety nine. Yeah, that's pricey. So, yeah, got to go to the Mexican restaurants. All right. Well, Fazoli's exist in Macon, Georgia, also in Cartersville. So if you're in the area and you want to go, go tell them I said hello. <laughs> I'd love to have them as a sponsor. I think I gave them a lot of attention. You can see how pro Fazoli's I am. And also, I'm very pro-friendly. So if you can find one of those. I'll, I'll fight for you guys. And just fuck this Freddy guy. I'm really pissed off. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. Not the last time you'll hear about that. Podcast and pours too. Halliversary, uh, Saturday, October 29th. A uh, few updates. Sponsorships. We've got three sponsors. What are you shaking your water bottle for? Oh, I'm sorry. I just you know it feels good in your hand. I didn't know you could see it. Of course I can see. You've got a camera in your face. It's very I know. distracting. I thought, I thought it was off. I thought it was out of frame. I'm trying to be a professional broadcaster here, but you, you know, you're shaking water bottles like a maraca. Uh, anyway, uh, we've got three sponsors as of right now that want to be in the Haunted Vendor Village. Thank you to Georgia Hemp Company. Very excited for them to be out there. And these are great sponsors because they're, they're going to be fun for when you come out to the event and you go into the Haunted Vendor Village, you know, the free samples or whatever you can buy, you know, from them. Uh, which would be pretty cool. I met them when I was hosting uh, this past year's Atlanta's t- Tennis Open. Their their tent was right next to the My Court Caddy tent, so that was cool. Chef Erica Nicole Day, she sponsors Better With Fuck. Uh, she's going to be out there as a sponsor. And uh, our newest sponsor, Inspect All Pest Services, Nick and Andrew and Terry over there, they're, they're phenomenal people. It's a great service. It's like all-inclusive, everything you need, not only with the critters but the bugs, but they do gutter cleaning, they do pressure washing, they do it all. Uh, they're going to have a table there. I've got like a handful more that are available. It's a 15 by 15 space. You can decorate it however you want. You can sell whatever you want in there, just not food or um, alcohol, obviously. So uh, just get a hold of me. by you go to the website, podcastthebs.com, and you go to the Podcast and Pours 2 section, there's a, a thing to fill out, and it just shoots me an email. Uh, so you can be out there for that. Tickets are 40 bucks. Right now, they'll go up to 50 here eventually. Get them while, they, while they're while they at 40 bucks. 
Uh, the VIPs, which I'm over half sold out of VIPs already. 100 bucks, all you can eat food, special seating, table service, and a free drink when you get in there. We've got the Verve Pipe headlining, which is way cool. We've got Chuck and his band, Distinct Grace, after the Verve, or before the Verve Pipe, I should say. We have, uh, and you guys, uh, your new CD will be out at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. We've already released six singles off of it. Okay, so people can buy those there. Uh, We're not going to have hard copies, but we'll have like shirts and stuff. Okay, so you'll have a table. We'll even have a couple giveaways, man. We got some pint glasses that we're going to be putting in Tannery Row. Mm -hmm. And uh, if anybody gets one of these pint glasses, and when we tell them, they're going to win a prize just for having it. Lucky, lucky night. Lucky night, lucky night. (laughs) Uh, so see if I'm forgetting anything there. We'll have the two, uh, Halloween costume contest. We'll have a generic one. I don't mean to downplay it, but you know, if you show up when you show up with your Halloween costume, there'll be a place for you to sign up. But if you want to enter the dollar store, dollar store, less is more Halloween costume contest, then get a hold of me beforehand. And you can just get all of me on social media. Shoot me an email, thebaileyshowpodcast at gmail.com, whatever. I've got a few people already signed up for that. But you, in order to be a part of that contest, you have to sign up in advance. $500 winner take all for both of them. We'll have prizes for everyone that enters. Uh, I'll have new merchandise out there as well for the show. I'm not doing event merchandise. I know it doesn't make any sense, but it really makes all the sense in the world. Last time I did event merchandise and we weren't able to get rid of it or sell it or whatever. And then I have it left over and nobody wants it after the event. But you can get the Halloversary merchandise in which I, I know every day I see people buying it off of our merch store. So if you go to podcastthebs.com or merch store, you can do it there. Um, uh, so the Halloween costume, we'll do a live recording. This all starts right after the UGA game. And so if you want to get there early, watch the UGA game. That's cool, too. Uh, we have um, special um, block of hotel uh, rooms blocked off nearby. So if you're traveling and you want to stay there, it's posted on our social media. Uh, I'll pin it to the top of the Facebook. I think that's probably what I need to do because I can't put it on the website as of right now until Nate gets back. Maybe I can. Maybe I can figure it out. I'm going to mess everything up. And he's going to be in Greece. He's like, he doesn't have his laptop. He's like, what are you doing? Stop messing with the website. So maybe I can figure it out. I don't know. I'll try to figure it out. Either way, it's on our social media and I'll pin it to the top. But if you want a, a hotel room at a special rate, you can uh, you can do that. All right. Podcasttobs.com. Can't wait to see. It. It's going to be a lot of fun. The fur pipe. The fur pipe. It's so cool. All right. Let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best 
at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right. Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling. And like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. And back to you, Jason. <laughs> Saturday, October 29th, podcast and pours too. Halliversary. It has been a dream of mine in almost 30 years of doing radio to book my own show. And this, by the way, is the first time to do it. I wanted to book it with a band that I absolutely adore. Uh, adore. And uh, not only am a fan, but had the opportunity to meet and hang out with a couple years ago for a little bit. And that would be the Verve Pipe. And right now we've got uh, lead singer, of course, Brian Vander Ark. From the Verve Pipe on. How are you, buddy? Good to see you. I'm doing well. Good to see you, Jason. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was what, so I got, you know, I got fired like a year ago, right? And I started doing this. What'd pop- you do? <laughs> Radio. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it was nothing in particular. It was just, it was my time. You know, there's, uh-huh. a, there's a shelf life on us, us guys, right? Right. And so I'm just so angry and frustrated with, with the business and, you know, I wanted to do this for a while. I built my own studio during the, the pandemic, and um, but I was kind of like pushed to say, hey, you know, podcasting is going to be the, the evolution. This is what it's going to be. You've got to step up on it. Let's do it. So then they came the events, part of it, and part of it was wanting to book a band, and uh, the Verve Pipe was the first band that came to mind, to be honest nice. with you. Nice. But that's not usually the case. Uh, (laughs) So I appreciate that. That means you're a real fan. I am a fan, but you know, it's more than just being a fan. You know, the, the music that you've produced over the years, um, of course the, the hits like uh, the freshman and stuff are, are such a part of people's lives. And, you know, when I announced that you guys in the Verve pipe were going to be headlining our show, um, for Halloween, there were so many comments on social media of like where they were when they first heard the freshman, you know, and, and that has to be cool to know that you, you know, you're the guy behind all that to be, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to have something out there that, um, that I created that still resonates with people, but also, um, with new people, but also brings people to a nostalgic place. Uh, awesome. You know, I'm thankful that it was that song, you know, um, because I believe that the universe bestows upon us writers these, uh, you know, these melodies and some lyric ideas for whatever reason. And uh, had I written something like I'm too sexy or, you know, I, I you know, it, it wouldn't be the same thing for me to play that live. You know what I mean? So it's nice to be able to uh, hang my hat on that song. You know? and, and I'm glad that you embrace that. You know, there, there are a lot of artists from different generations, actors uh, in particular. You know, there's a few that uh, over the years are like, don't talk about the big hits. Just talk right. about this straight to DVD thing I'm doing. 
And it's like, yeah. well, of course you're, you're here to promote this. I get this. And that's what uh, you're using me as a vehicle to do so. But people also want to hear about such and such. Um, truth be told about the freshman though, it, it, you had that song done and you were performing it originally acoustically well before it hit the mainstream uh, uh, world, I guess. Right. Yeah. That was one of the early, one of the earliest songs I had ever written. And uh, there's probably a lesson in there somewhere, you know, um, that I should, you know, try to get back to that place. You know, if, if, you know, we want to write songs like that, that are storytelling songs that are compelling and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I started doing solo records, that's when I went back to that place. So yeah, I had written that song early. That was one of the first four or five songs I had written and I was laboring over the lyrics and it took me almost a year to write that song, uh, to get it the way I wanted to get it. I can get to that place a lot faster now, uh, lyrically, but back then I was just trying to figure it all out, you know? Well, you're a different person too, obviously a lot younger, sure. a different time, different day and age and different things going on in your life. And, right. and, you know, and, and you guys are part of that kind of post grunge era of music. I always like to refer to it as the, uh, pop rock singer songwriter era, you know, uh, yeah. you know, you, you just had a lot of bands and I'm, I'm a fan of grunge. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's part of my coming of age days, but let's be honest. Most grunge songs, most people can't understand what they're saying. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, that was, a, there was an, uh, you know, we're talking about sonically the, the term grunge, you know, the dirgy kind of guitars and the heavy bass and the drums and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there definitely are the production on the freshman, especially was geared towards grunge, but it had a pop melody and a pop sensibility, you know, the classic songwriting, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, double chorus out, you yeah. know, which is pretty standard pop, which is what I grew up on. So that was a production issue. As far as lyrics go, there was so much ambiguity in the lyrics since I think since Nirvana hit with smells like teen spirit. I mean, you know, what do those lyrics mean? It's open for interpretation. Um, and a lot of that grunge music back then was about poetry and about, you know, ambiguity. This song was pretty straightforward. You know, it was a story, a linear story that I had that had a few little uh, poetic and metaphoric moments in it, just enough to entice people to want to know what the song was really about. And to this day, people still talk about it and ask me about it. And that's a great thing, man. 30 years of something where people feel like they have ownership to the song because it means something to them, uh, because this lyric struck a chord or this lyric struck a chord, whether I meant that you know, what their uh, definition of that lyric is or not doesn't even matter. People, people have ownership of a song as soon as they hear it. I'm a firm believer as a writer that when you're writing a song and working on a song, it's your song as a songwriter. As soon as anybody hears that song, that is their song. Mm. And that's why I try to make sure that it's exactly the way I want it to be before anybody hears it. Because once somebody hears it, they don't want to hear a different version of it. They don't want to hear a different lyric. They're, they're so used to it. They get what we call demo-itis mm -hmm. and they want to hear it that way. So it's their song, you know. And that's another thing when, when I, you know, I saw you guys perform, you know, back in the day, day. 
I think at the radio station uh, where I started at in the, the 90s, you were part of a, a show at that time. It was, I think it was like an odd lineup. I think it was like you guys and like Tonic and Gina G. It was just like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was just weird. But so then, you know, fast forward to I think it was about three years ago when you guys were in Atlanta at City Winery. Um, one thing that, that stood out to me was when you did do – you know, not just the freshman, but like colorful and stuff, but definitely the freshman. You sang it as a fan, watching you sing it, perform it. You sang it like you meant it. A lot of times artists that have uh, longevity in a song, they'll try to change it up to your point of what you were saying um, because they've gotten so sick of playing it over the years, but they forget the fact that this might be the first time the fan is hearing it and they want to hear it like they remembered it then. Sure. And you yeah, do that. Yeah, of course. You do that. There, I mean, that's... I find that to be uh, important to me when I go and see somebody. I rarely get to see anybody because we play so much and we're so busy. But when I do see somebody, I want to hear the melody that they wrote, um, you know, and I see a lot of artists that change it up or do different versions of it. For instance, the only different version I think that I've ever done of the freshman is I do an acapella version. Um, which is just me beating my chest a little bit for the rhythm and then singing the song. Uh, but I'm true to the melody, and I think that's what's important to people. Um, changing it up in that way, I think, with different instrumentation is interesting. But no, I don't think, I think, you know, the idea that you can go out and just please yourself as a performer by changing things, um, I think that's a mistake. I don't think people appreciate it. I, I think maybe people appreciate it that have seen it a hundred times and heard it a hundred times live, perhaps, but we're not out there to perform for ourselves. You know, when I play with the band, we're there to entertain. And, uh, and I feel that that's important. And I think that's why we're, I think we're a great live band. Well, and that's at the very beginning of the Verve Pipe. That's where you guys started to make your mark. Right. I mean, you were live shows, yeah. the live shows up in that Michigan area where, you, where you're from. And, and, and also for those that forget that the, the 90s were so great for what was really college bands, which you guys kind of. Yeah, there, there was a college band out of Boulder, Colorado that never made it mainstream. They're called the Samples. Samples. Yeah, of course. I knew you were going to say the Samples. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were such a great band. Yeah. And then there were the scabs out of Austin, Texas, uh, yeah. that, that never went mainstream. But, you know, this is kind of the Dave Matthews run of, of the early 90s. Noah's Red Tattoo out of the Carolinas. Uh, these yeah. were college bands that never made it mainstream, but were so good. But yeah. that's that was your story with the Verve Pipe. You played the colleges, you played the kids, and that's how you got name recognition. Yeah, we we play well, Michigan, it's easy. I don't know if you know Michigan at all, but in Michigan, there's you know, there's a there's a major college like hours, only hours apart from each other. So you've got Michigan, you got um, University of Michigan and Ann Arbor. You go, you know, Michigan State's an hour away. Go up north, you know, CMU's an hour away. You know, go west. I, it, it's crazy. So you could run a circuit around the mitten. Am I doing the mitten the right way? Yeah, the yeah I got you the mitten. <laughs> you can run that circuit, that circuit in one week and do that, you know, every, you know, every week for a month and gain that following, which is what we did. We just kept playing that college circuit. Now, the difference, I think, between the samples and what we did, and uh, well, Dave Bass is a bad example because he was so mainstream, but the samples was a band 
that did this did a similar thing from Colorado, but they didn't have a song like uh, the freshman that really resonated with college kids. I mean, it's right there in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, that was to our that was definitely to our benefit. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, quick story that I had that song written and I didn't even have the freshman in the song for about 10, maybe nine or 10 months. Like I didn't have the last line. We were merely freshmen. I was singing the melody, and I remember going around the house and I was like, got to make some breakfast, you know, (laughs) got to quit my day job. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to figure out what this lyric is about these two guys, these two young guys that made mistakes. And I'm sitting there ready for work. I used to work at a sporting goods store, string and tennis rackets. And I'm sitting there and I'm noodling around. MTV's on in the corner with the volume down. And uh, I'm noodling around. I said, what is this story? And I look down on the coffee table. And there on the coffee table is the movie, the VHS copy of the movie I had rented the night before starring Marlon Brando and Matthew Broderick called The Freshman. Freshman, And I was like, holy shit, (laughs) this is it. They're freshmen, these kids. So, And the reason it works so well is because these kids, these two guys could do pretty much anything they wanted as freshmen and get away with it. And we would understand, well, they were only freshmen. You know what I mean? They're, 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 that's not really who they are. They they kind of excuse their behavior. Uh, And so that, just the serendipity of having rent, rented that movie the night before is the reason that that song exists. Crazy how the universe works, man. Have you, have you ever told Matthew Broderick that story? No, in yeah. fact, I haven't met Matthew, and unfortunately I didn't get a chance to meet uh, Marlon Brando, but I definitely would have told them that they were responsible for uh, for that song, you know, for I, sure. I, I, you know, you, the, the, the song has taken on a life of its own over the years, and everybody, like you say, has got different interpretations, and and yeah. even you've said different things over the years. That's the sure. first time that I've ever heard that. I never even read that before. But yeah. he, he, here's the irony, and I'm a big, I'm a firm believer in the universe as well. I talk about it all yeah. the time. And my daughter is a senior in high school, and for years she wanted to go to L.A. She wants to do hair and makeup for movies and stuff. And yeah. I, I, I was able to convince her to go to a four-year college and enjoy you know, something that she'll never have again. And I said to her, you know, I said to her as a, as a, as a college student, it's like responsibility purgatory, you know, as a freshman, you really can get away with anything, but as you start to get to a senior, you're close to being an adult. So take advantage of responsibility purgatory and learn your lessons, not just in a textbook, but from what's around you. And you guys are playing my show. It's just, it all comes together. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great the way it works, man. I mean, sometimes the universe, the universe beats me over the head sometimes and I ignore it, you know, and I've ignored it too. And I've ruined songs by ignoring it. I mean, I've other songs I've written. I go, Oh, that sounds too much like a hit song. You know, it sounds too poppy to this, to that, you know, I I don't want to go, you know, it's like when, when Maroon, I don't want to, you know, uh, come down on other bands, throw shade on other bands, as they say. But Maroon 5, it's like the kind of thing where it's like moves like Jagger. I just heard that yesterday in the grocery store or whatever. And I'm like, wow, they really went from like a rock band to this super poppy thing. 
where I was trying to like push that away all the time, always saying, don't go, don't go do it. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Write your own songs. You know, when we had other, you know, we had the label wanted other people to write songs, write hit songs for us. I'm like, no, we're a band that wants to write our own songs. So I've pushed those uh, moments away just to like maintain uh, my own personal integrity and stay at the level that I need to stay at for my own personal life, you know? Well, in the, in the beginning of the two thousands was the last time rock radio was relevant and it was the dawning of the new rock alternative. And right. so you were, you know, bands were launching like shine down saliva, disturbed Godsmack. the yeah. older bands like Metallica and tool started to get more airplay they had a home and then the grunge era came back. They were considered golds. Nirvana's the Pearl Jam's the Alice in Change, so on and so on. Um, right. But then you get this new metal, this Papa Roach, yeah. Limp Bizkit, um, yeah. uh, P.O.D. The Papa Roach is the like example, and I like Papa Roach. I think they do a great job. Yeah. Jacoby Shaddix is, is an amazing performer. But they're a great example of changing what they did originally in order to go to top 40 because when that format was done, these bands were like, where are we going to get played? And Getting Away With Murder is just a, a hooky album. It's all it's made right, for top right. 40 radio. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I think everybody has to make... I I don't like I don't really like the word uh, concessions, but I mean I can't I can't help but think that you have to make some sort of concession to get to the mainstream if you want to if you want to be cool. I've learned this lesson over thirty years. If you want to be cool and you're too cool to do things to go to a radio station and play your song or or, or you know massage the label a little bit to you know to get a little extra money or do these appearances or whatever. Uh, fine. But I've learned over the years that, you know, what's really cool being successful. Mm. And because if you're successful, you can reach out to indie bands, you can, and you help them out. You can do all of these wonderful philanthropic things because you've got the money and you're successful, mm -hmm. you know? And I look back at that era and I go, man, I wish I would have took advantage of the RCA money that was thrown at us you know, and did the right promotional stuff instead of saying, no, we're too cool to do that. We don't want to do that. A great example is when when uh, Photograph came out, Kodak at the time wanted to use Photograph, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like an ungodly amount of money that they were going to pay us in 1995 or whatever. And we were like, are you kidding me? We're not going to sell out sell to out. Kodak, you know? And then it wasn't even, a, it was like a year later that Moby, you know, licensed his entire album for commercial use. The Verve, you know, licensed Bittersweet Symphony to Nike and all these bands. And I just, I kicked myself and go, damn it, man, we could have, we were trying to be so cool. Mm. And how cool would it be? I mean, Kodak is pretty much defunct at this point, but how cool would I be if I had put that money in an in investment, you know, well, and even, I had enough money to do whatever the hell I wanted for the rest of my life. You is, know? Is, that's not even a thought today with bands, you know, and the term, no. the term selling out, you know, I yeah. think died in that early 2000s as well because sure. the, the mantra for really the punk generation, you know, and I mean, you go like the Sex Pistols and then Fugazi and these guys, but then when you got into present-day punk, post-Blink and Green Day, that kind of thing, these bands were still trying to live that I'm not going to sell out, and then finally they said, this is ridiculous. We've got to make a yeah. living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, 
again, what's cool is actually being successful because yes. you can do all the cool things, you know, for everyone else when you're successful. Yeah. You know? do, do you think that, uh, Today, you could write a hit song and it go over as well as the freshman or is it is it is it a you thing? Is it a band thing? Is it a society thing? Is it an audience thing? What is it? No, it's a me thing. It's a me thing. I I don't know what it is. I don't know what the formula is anymore other than to not be interesting uh, for a radio single. It's typically the same beat. There's no chord changes. There's not a lot of melody changes. You have a hook and that's the one hook and you go with it. Mm. You know, you, you can't be Queen today and have a hit sing, a brand new hit single, be a new band called Queen, you know. Um, so I, I don't think I have it in me to write to write that way. I'd stop myself, uh, even for writing for other people. For some reason, there's something in my brain that does not connect with that. Um, and so had I written the freshman, honestly, if the freshman was written today, very doubtful that it would be a hit song because nobody's really interested in following a lyric mm -hmm. I anymore. I, I mean, on the mass level, mm -hmm. there are people like you, like me, who appreciate a really good story and want to be taken on a journey for three or four minutes but people in the in the TikTok age, and I love TikTok by the way, I'm having a blast on this. But in this TikTok age, you got seven seconds. Like my daughter has introduced me, my daughter's 12. She's introduced me to some of the greatest music I've heard in so long. This band called Roar is really great, Mother Mother, stuff that I haven't heard that's really poppy but cool and indie. And uh, But honestly, she cannot listen to the whole song. She listens to a minute of it and, she, and then she'll flip it. And I'll go, wait a minute, what, what are you doing? It's such a great song. No, I wanna hear this. And then and I, I'm like, have you ever heard the end of a song? And she thought about it and she said, I don't think I've ever heard a song end. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, that's the generation that they're in. And, and have you noticed right? that these newer artists that are trying to get noticed on TikTok, which I I have no problem with. I mean, it's just a, yeah. it's an outlet for them. But they'll name their bands catchy titles for what's trending that people are searching for to put oh, yeah. in their video. It's it's all an yeah. it's all an algorithm. Yeah. Until a band comes out, I want to see a band just. I want to see a band just be the hashtag symbol. <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually got to write that down. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Start a band that's a be like Prince, but it's a hashtag. It's just a hashtag. And then everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, I was talking to somebody about uh, the same thing, like hashtags and QR codes yeah. and stuff. And I said, I think I'm just going to do a shirt that has doesn't have my logo. It's not promoting my website or the podcast. It's just a QR code. That's all yeah. I'm going to do. And I'm just going to put yeah. a QR code and it'll be stylish and people yeah. will wear it. And then people will scan it with their phone because you, you, you have to beat the system of today, whatever that yeah. gets people's attention in order to, uh, in order to, to win them over. You, uh, you said you like TikTok, and yeah. I, I saw a video. Uh, I think it started on TikTok and ended up on your, your Twitter account that you're at the dentist and you're like fucking Rob Thomas, who's playing in the overhead yeah. speaker. <laughs> that's, that's my niche on uh, TikTok. You got to have something to get people back. I've got about six or seven fucking Rob Thomas videos. One of them, I'm trying to sing my way out of a traffic ticket and I still get the ticket. And I'm like, you think fucking Rob Thomas can't sing his way out of a truck? You know, it's all of these things. Rob and I are friends 
friends years and years ago. And it's just one of those things as a kind of a joke, a, a joke between us. Um, but uh, but it's, it gets a lot of traction. People love it. And and I've seen t- people get T-shirts now that that hashtag fucking Rob Thomas, you know, <laughs> which I'm just I'm floored by. And I went into the dentist. I went into my uh, orthodontist the other day. And they have an eight by 10 picture of Rob Thomas right where I have to sign in an autographed picture. I'm like, holy shit, man, this is great. I mean, I love it. I love it that people are seeing the TikTok because it's pretty funny stuff. And it's a lot of fun to do that as well. You know, that's one guy that I, you know, being from Orlando and him being an Orlando guy and starting out with Tabitha's secret before uh, Matchbox 20. I, I just missed it. You know, every other band that yeah. Orlando started, Seven Mary Three, Creed, all the boy right. bands had relationships with. Just Rob Thomas, yeah. they hit, they went, and they're gone. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they didn't look back. I mean, I remember we, we played with them a handful of times at the radio festivals. And all of a sudden, we were sitting by the pool. We were in Hawaii after this radio festival. And I think Photograph had just been put out. Freshman wasn't out yet. And they were complaining about only selling 35,000 copies that week. And I was like, oh, my God, get the book out of here. I don't want to hear this bullshit from you. You know, we're selling 2,000 copies a week. Now I'd be thrilled to even sell 2,000 copies a week. But I think just to sell a copy. It, Cause you don't yeah, just sell one copy. Just to sell yeah, tell one. me about it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at how, you know, what do you get? Like two cents on the dollar for, for a stream on Spotify. Oh my God, not even that dude. I wish it was two cents. Yeah, It's point. It's honestly, I, we had 4 million streams of the freshman last quarter and I got a check for $200. That's crazy. It's point zero, zero, zero. Zero, four zeros and then a five, you know, for each stream. It's crazy. I can't complain about it because I stream as well. Listen, you know, I got Apple Music, I got Spotify, and I can hear all the songs I grew up on. I can hear all this stuff and it's virtually free. So I'm not complaining. What I what I go around when I do my corporate speaking is I tell, and I tell, try to tell bands this as well. You have to find other streams, other sources of income, mm. you know, because once something's free like that, it, you can never charge for it again, you know, so make your packaging unique. That's why vinyl has, has done really well for everybody, because now there's packaging. Now there's, you know, autograph all of your stuff. Make it something that's make it something that's special for people, because people aren't going to buy your stuff for the music. It's just it's that's just never going to come back again. I would think that not can't really do colorful because that was part of the uh, rock star with Mark Wahlberg. That was a soundtrack song, but right. the, the freshman, even present day uh, would be a perfect soundtrack song. Is, is, do you still have those, you know, phone calls are like, Hey, we, you know, we got something coming up, even if it's a documentary or an indie film. Yeah. Well, the, the issue with the freshmen, and this is uh, this is a problem, is that a lot of times in uh, now it's become such a part of our history of the 90s. It's so it's so definitely 90s. There was a show. What was the name of the show? Dave. That was out a little yeah. while ago. And it was a it was used the best way we've ever had a song used where one of the characters is in the shower masturbating uh, to the freshman. And I was like, it's just great. It's super funny and well done. And I loved it. Um, as far as in movies, it's hard to take a song that's a story song and put it into a movie that has a story to it. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And have it resonate because it's going to take you out of the movie if you're listening to the words. Now, fortunately, the freshman has enough nostalgia to it that where it takes you out now when you see it or hear it in a movie, it just goes, you go, oh, I remember the first time I heard that song or whatever, you know, or really, this is a really 90s moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't think it's it's not nearly uh, as used as much. Colorful was written for a soundtrack. Right. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's, you know, those two go are simpatico. That's it. No, but, so. but you have, you know, when you kind of reformed the, the band in what, 2014 and you brought yep. Channing Lee on and, and, and it yeah. just, it was, a, it was a different vibe. Um, yep. even, you know, what, uh, your last album, it was both of you collaborating singer songwriting stuff and she's amazing. And just, yeah. you've said numerous times in different interviews, what she's brought to the table and kind of, you know, brought some life back into you and the band. Um, that that could be, I mean, you know, something that puts the the Verve pipe back into the mainstream world because of her. I think so. Uh, you know, that's not the reason why I would do it, but I've definitely thought that. And you know, we just got off our tour with Five for Fighting and she she turned on this whole generation of 90s people she's you know 20 years uh younger uh but she turned on this whole crowd every single night with with her magic lyrics and her storytelling and her performance and it really opened up uh it really opened the band up to be able to do anything now and 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 still be true to ourselves she's a storyteller like I'm a storyteller. She takes her lyrics very seriously. She'll work on lyrics because we count on people that come to our shows to want to hear the stories, you know, mm. and that's, and that's part of the great thing about having somebody fresh and new come into the band, a real shot in the arm. Uh, and also, you know, we, this band that's, that we have together now, my brother Brad came back because it's so, it's so good now, <laughs> you know, in the late, in the late nineties and early two thousands, it, it was terrible. We all hated each other and Brad laughed and like, and now, I, you know, he sees how great it was and Brad came back. It's like, you know, it's, it's a really close knit family um, and we're putting on great live shows and still writing music, you know, did, did you, your relationship with your brother, uh, professionally and personally kind of take a hit because of the band? No, in fact, we never missed a step in our relationship as brothers. I mean, as soon as, as when he quit, I just, I just, I went, I knew this was going to happen. He just wasn't getting along with, another member of the band and it was just, it was just impossible and it was making everybody sad and it was awful. Mm. But, uh, but you know, he's still my brother and, and we, you know, we formed the band together. He and I, we had these songs and got, you know, two bands from two different colleges together to, to form the Verk pipe in the first place. So mm. to have him back in it and have him with a new attitude. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And, and do you remember, you know, I'm trying to think of the band and it might've been on a documentary where it was an eighties band and they just knew that the, the shift of music was coming, going into, I think it was the grunge era and they were playing a festival and just nobody was out there. Do you remember yeah. the shift in music? In, oh yeah. It <laughs> went, it went like during, was it like a one performance where you look down and go, it's done. We're, we got, we're done right now. It wasn't the performance itself. I remember where it was. Uh, it was in, uh, not Syracuse, uh, New York, Rochester. 
It was in Rochester, New York, a little restaurant, bar, place or whatever. 1999, our album, the Frog album, they call it, uh, came out. That was the follow-up album to the freshman album, Villains. And the crowd, it was about half full. And we played a show, thought it was a great show, went to the bus, went to sleep, woke up in the morning, and half of our crew had gotten up in the middle of the night and took planes home. Like, didn't tell us. Like, they, unbeknownst to me, they weren't getting paid Wow. You know, and I was like, holy shit, what is, what do you mean you, they weren't getting paid? You know, it's like, yeah, there's no, there's no money. There's no money coming in. It was like, oh my God. And I knew then like, this is, this is serious. And that was right when, you know, Kid Rock came out, you had Limp Biscuit, these other heavier bands yeah. and our stuff, our stuff just was not working on radio at all, you know? So yeah, yeah it was that night, Rochester, no offense to Rochester. I've had many <laughs> nice shows since then in Rochester, but I'll never forget that night. I woke up and crew members had ditched us. Yeah. It was like, Oh shit. Well, you know? that, have you seen the Woodstock 99 doc on, on Netflix? Yeah, I just saw it. I just saw it. Great. Oh. Great documentary too. I was like, I, in fact, I felt, I don't know if you felt that too. I felt that just that in the pit of my stomach, a real sickness seeing that i was like because for me it was like that was what that was the whole um those bands were what destroyed our career Mm. you know i mean can't say they destroyed our career we destroyed our own career but they were the reason why we disappeared Mm -hmm. you know and i watched that and i'm like oh man and then i'm thinking oh my god what are they doing these you know how violent everything was then and how aggressive it all was in 99 it was like oh my god what a what a crappy time for music at least for me i i I felt like a putz when i watched it because i was that you know for i mean i'd already graduated college at the time and i was well into my career but i was still that you know kind of meathead uh college guy you know hat backwards uh yeah you know you could see my calvin kleins from my cargo shorts kind of dude and and I'm just watching this and I'm going, oh, my God, that was me. <laughs> I, just felt, yeah. I felt so well, dirty. But everybody. But, you know, that's again to bring. Try, I'm not trying to bring a full circle, but it does come full circle. That's what the freshman is about. That's yeah. about those learning experiences and doing these things. And you're kind of excused because you're part of the masses and everybody's doing it. And uh, and so that's exactly where, you know, I think that song falls into our history mm-hmm. uh, and history of humanity. I think everybody at a certain time of their life is a freshman, not only in college, but in high school or a freshman at your workplace or whatever it is. There's a certain amount of grace that is given to you to go be yourself. Like you told your daughter, go figure these things out. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, I think, that showed in that documentary, too, that these kids were just, I'm sure, I'm sure most of them look back and go, just like you did, oh, my God, I was that person. <laughs> and some people still live their lives that way, man, you know, unfortunately. You well, know. well nine, 99 was the resurgence of a new type of heavy metal, you know, led yeah. by Corn and Limp Bizkit. And yeah. these yeah. kids, you know, they, they, they might have heard of Metallica or kind of dipped their toe in the Metallica, the Megadeth, the Anthrax, the, you know, right. Judas Priest, those types of things. But this was a new aggression, aggressive music, style of music. And, yeah. and, and, the, and you know, it, the, the grunge era and this music, angry music, bookend what, again, I called the pop rock singer-songwriter stuff like from the Verve Pipe. And by the yeah. time they got to 99, they were just like, all right, I'm done being sad. I got to be pissed now. 
Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then, Jason. Would you rather have the generation now, which is just kind of, eh, kind of emotionless, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, they're kind of bored with everything. And like, like, you know, my daughter's like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just like whatever, whatever, everything rolls up their back. They don't really get emotional. Um, or would you rather have somebody that was like, oh, this sucks or this sucks or this sucks. You know what I mean? Rather than just being, uh, I'll take option two. I'll take option two. I, I got to have emotion. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, there's, there's, I agree. there's, there's very little to no depth with, what's happening right now and like but but when the same breath you know because i've seen my daughter and her friends and there's the extreme and there's the fantasy of life where you know this is the worst thing in the world my mother hates me she wouldn't let me go out and i've got to go to the extreme and and i'm talking the extreme like taking your own life or going shooting up a school it was like and they don't realize the consequences of it versus just saying life will get better but man fucking pissed off today you know yeah yeah no i know i mean that it's just i think that you know i think it was a natural progression what happened i don't think anything was forced i think i think corn is a i think corn is a great band i've mm. saw i've seen them live great show and i saw them in 99 and it was an amazing show mm. i was like wow this is i understand why they have these disciples mm. you know what i mean and i understand why you know insane clown posse has mm. their juggalos i get i get all of that and i think there's a place for all of it where there wasn't a place for us with that in the 90s was when we would play radio festivals and we would be playing right before or right after skinny puppy or, you know, you know, it's just like this. You can't put that into a radio festival. And 99 was really bad because we would play these festivals with the super new metal groups and nobody wants to hear Duncan Sheik mm. when they came to see corn. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Duncan Sheik is not going to fare well at that show at all. He's going to get hit with pennies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is what happened to us all the time, you know? So, but the natural progression, I think uh, that happens and it's, it's going to happen again. You know, my daughter listening to indie guitar rock is really uh, makes me really enthusiastic again, because my older daughter, the, that period of time had left where nobody was listening to guitar, the guitar hero age mm. where nobody was playing guitar. They were playing guitar on guitar hero. I was like, holy shit, our generation, nobody's going to be playing guitar anymore. And now I hear all these young bands and they're playing garagey guitar and they're having a blast and they're writing decent songs. I'm like, fucking A, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think when they say rock is dead, I don't think rock is dead. There's a lot of really good unknown or un, non-mainstream Absolutely. rock bands that, that are out there that exist that I search to try to find and listen to. The problem is distribution. And yeah, even though there are many ways, many vehicles to get the music out there, the internet is a very muddy place. I mean, I, yeah. you're talking to a guy that's podcasting and has to find an, an audience on the internet. It, it, radio's not helping the call, especially rock radio. They are destroying any yeah. type of new music from any rock bands. Yeah, I would agree with that. The thing that is real, the, 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 um, the light, the shining light in all of this, I think with what's happening now is now you have to rely on the people that you trust on a personal level 
to get to guide you into what they like or what they're listening to or what they hear and then they discover it and then they see your friend says hey have you heard this band and you go no i haven't you might like this check it out i've been i've been turned on by so much stuff just by other friends and other bands by my kids mm. you know and uh and that's a great thing people are talking about music at least yeah. you know what i mean rather than relying on what's fed to you by radio what's fed to you by mtv back then you're you're actually relying on people who are on the internet discovering these things and then you go hey you know what i like that another good thing about streaming i, I gotta say is that if you like this you might like that and i'll occasionally go down to this rabbit hole mm -hmm. and i'll find some stuff and i'll go holy shit i really like this it, it, they they the algorithm you know, did me right mm -hmm. on this one you know what i mean yeah so. and that's you know that with with the streaming idea of uh, like I don't think it's the it's not it's not a music problem like there's not good music and that's what everybody tries to say there's not good music I disagree with oh, that there is. there's plenty yeah. of good music it's 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 us and how we want to listen to music I mean when there were just you know it was just radio and then like you said yeah. MTV th those are the two and that's all you got it was easy it was easy and it was force fed <laughs> to you yeah and, and now you're right it is up to the people we get to decide but how seriously will we take it right well who's got the time jason yeah nobody's got the time look at you you're doing this podcast you've got your hands in a lot of shit right now yeah you know what i mean you're doing the show coming up you're doing this you're trying to figure out how to get more people i mean we're all so fucking busy all the time i get up at 4 5 o'clock in the mm. morning just to keep up with shit mm -hmm. and who's got the time to research and research music and the whole thing. So a part of me says, yeah, it was easy back then because they were telling me this is good. And I could see it on MTV go, Hey, I like that band or whatever. It's how I discovered Nirvana and the whole thing opened up for us. But yet who's got the time now to do that kind of research and work to find stuff. Right. So, you, you, you know. you, you, again, you have to, people have to be force fed stuff in order just to get a taste of it, to, to understand yeah. it. You know, yeah. did, did you, what, do you remember the time I asked you the time that you knew that the music was shifting? Um, that would have been the bad time, but then the good time is when the music started to shift back and you guys were getting booked left and right. Um, and yeah. the nostalgia factor came out. Do you remember when that happened to you? Uh, that's been so gradual. I mean, it really is now looking back and saying, yeah, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. You know what I mean? There was no definitive moment. Like there's a definitive moment when I knew that the early shift was happening when, when I was painting houses with my friend interiors of houses. And they, there was a place that we, we played this three story rich person's home. He had a huge screen and we'd have MTV on all day. Cause they were gone all day and we would, you know, paint and it would be the hair bands and it would be, you know, you two's latest album was like, eh, whatever, you know? And then I remember mama coming home, mama, I'm coming home by Ozzy. And I was like, Oh, Ozzy's writing a ballad now, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, okay. And then I hear then I'm painting this back room and I hear, I hear a guitar riff and a bombast, a bass and drums, and I run into the living room. I'm like, what is this? And there's a there's cheerleaders in black, and there's that moppy-headed blonde kid, and there's a fucking janitor with gunk in the pail. And I'm like, holy shit. What? And it's, of course, it smells like teen spirit. Yeah. I knew then I was like, oh my God, there's hope for the kind of music that I like and that I'm, you know, that I'm making. 
But as far as what you're saying, when it's coming back, it really is just the idea that, you know, suddenly a TV show wants to use the freshman for nostalgic sake because they're having a 90s episode or whatever, that kind of thing. And I'm enjoying that success as well, you know. And we get asked all the time to go on 90s tours, but that's not that doesn't really interest me as much. Um, So, I mean, it feels good to be a part of that last generation, that last decade where bands actually wrote all their own music you know, and meant, you know, lyrics meant something to them. They were trying to write poetry, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, I'm thrilled that, that, you know, that our music was part of that decade, you know, for sure. And if people can define that decade by using our song to bring you back to that decade, I mean, what, what greater honor could there be? Well, next time, Brian, you're asked to do one of those nineties tour. Just remember Kodak. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, you should manage us. (laughs) That's what I would do. I'd walk in. I'd say, excuse me. Can I have a minute of your time, please? Uh, I've got one. That's actually a great point. Great valid point. Actually, I wouldn't even say anything. I'd write it on a piece of paper. I'd fold it up and I'd say, I'm going to leave. Take a look at this. (laughs) Dude, that's a good point. Uh, all right. So, uh, Saturday, October 29th, it is our podcast and pours Two event. So we're calling it Halliversary celebrating Halloween, celebrating one year anniversary of the podcast, celebrating one year of me getting fired. Uh, it is at Tannery row in Buford. Uh, tickets are on sale now podcast, the BS.com. The VIP tickets are selling like they're well over half gone. So, uh, we have hotel rooms available. If you're, you're, co- you know, I booked a hotel room. I'm going to stay up there. So you can you can take advantage of the of the special deal there. We'll have two different Halloween costume contests. That's my what I'm getting to. Do, do you guys dress up for Halloween, or you just you know? It's so funny because normally I would dress up for my kids and do whatever, uh, but this time Channing Lee in our band was the one that insists mm-hmm. that we all do this show in costumes. So we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. The band that is going on first is uh, they're a local band. They're an all veteran band. Uh, they're friends of mine. They're great guys. Uh, good, good music. Good music. Uh, they're called Distinct Grace. And yeah. they're going to either dress up as Guns N' Roses or Devo. So Okay, good to know. Good to know. Just to let you know. <laughs> okay, good to know. I want cuz I Diva would have been the ones that I would have went for. Yeah. And, and, right. and I personally, I have a thing every year. I don't want to divulge what I'm going to be dressed as cuz I always keep it a secret, but I always mix two different people together. For example, I've been Willy Wonka Nelson, Garth Vader, uh, I've been Sponge, <laughs> SpongeBob Ross. Last year I was Steve No Jobs because I had just gotten fired. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God, last year, Channing's so creative. Last year she went as Alice in Wonderland and then she put giant chains around her neck for Alice in Chains and I was oh. like, oh, perfect, perfect. That's brilliant. I know. That's why I'm going to rely on her to come up with our costumes for this show. Absolutely. You know what I saw? I saw uh, on my feed the other day a picture, and I know the guys in Poison. I grew up listening. I love Poison, the band Poison. Yeah. I saw a picture. There was a show that they were doing, and this is when they were on top, and the the band opening, whatever the band was, they they bailed. So last minute, they got Alice in Chains, and there was a picture of... Lane Staley, Jerry Cantrell on stage with Bobby Dahl and Brett Michaels. And I forget the song they were singing, but they sang a, a song together. I said, get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. Wow. Is that, that not, is nuts. I had no idea that even existed. 
So uh, great. Anyway, all right. I know you got to go. Uh, PodcastTheBS.com. Please get your tickets. Let's uh, make this huge. Ticket sales have been great. So far, so good. You know, you, got, you guys know I get anxiety over these things. So I just want to have a huge turnout. I want there to be a huge turnout from Ryan and the Verve Pipe. This is truly an honor. Um, like I started this conversation, I always wanted to do this in my life, my career, whatever you call it. And without hesitation, it was the Verve Pipe because I'm such a fan. And you were so kind and generous to me and my my wife and my guests uh, when we met you a couple years ago. So thank you very much, Brian. So looking forward to this show and getting back down there, man. We really are. So thanks for having us, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on, Brian. I appreciate all the time. And I'll see you uh, in about a month, okay? Great conversation, man. Thank you for this. Thank you. I'll take care. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters U-C-I, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Out of all the services that you have to do in your life, Dentist, doctor, you know, those types of things. Which one do you despise going to the most? And they're mandatory. It's Manda- not like it's not like I just woke up one day and I'm like, oh, I got a problem here. It's like it's mandatory. Yeah, because I, I, I it wouldn't be something that's not mandatory or then you would stop doing it. True story. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's automotive related. 
Like going because they make you feel stupid. Well, they're the equivalent of Starbucks. You don't want to be that guy. That you, cause like oil changes drive me crazy because you know you go in to get your oil change and you're like, hey man, how long is this going to take? And they're like, an hour, maybe two, maybe three. And you're like, dude, like I just need to get in and get out. I, and then they come out and that's when they bring the, hey, so your gasket <laughs> on the lower side of your transmission where the where the Velociraptor attaches <laughs> to the center block. It's definitely leaking, and if this keeps leaking, there's a good chance that you know your car is going to just blow up, or it could go off the road and kill everybody in it. And you're like, okay, well, how much is that? And they're like, well, the part is only twenty six ninety nine, but it's going to cost us probably six hours of labor. <laughs> so we're looking at like six hundred seventy four dollars, and you're like, can I just do it myself? I'm like, sir, <laughs> it's going to take us six hours, <laughs> and we have all the stuff. And you're like. All right, yeah, give me the gasket, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you go home and your wife's like, you know, you spent $675 on oil change? You're like, what the gasket? And then you have a friend that's an automotive guy and he's just like, dude, you're a complete moron. Don't ever go there again without talking to me. So that's that's the one. I despise it. I hate it. Never want to do it again. That's such a great explanation. It happens to me all the time. And I even know the people that I go to. And Rachel's the car guy. You know, she, because she used to date a bunch of dudes and, you know, Back in the day, they were into cars, I guess. I know zero about cars. Me too. Absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so not man when it comes to cars. I took my car in for uh, an oil change, which, by the way, under my warranty is free. Tires rotate it, which under my warranty is free. And uh, not that I think these guys are snaky because I do a lot of business with them. A lot of them are my friends. But $1,400 later, you know, it's like, That's well, a lot. You know that you're at the sixty thousand mark, and that's time to mm. change change the you know pogo stick elapsorators. Of course, you know because it, the 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 carbon air filters. If you don't replace those, what will happen is probably a third of orphan children will die. Yeah, there's always yeah. some weird reason. And you know the mileage thing's complete BS too. What so so my cousin's a race car driver, and I went I went up, I was in Michigan a few weeks back and. I called him and I'm like, hey man, I want to come by and see you. I said, but I got to stop and get the oil changed in the van, the grocery getter. And he goes, dude, just bring it over, man. He's like, we'll do it in my garage. And I'm like, okay, you know, how long is this going to take? He's like, five minutes. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. So I pull up, don't even have a jack or anything. So I'm thinking, you know, you have to have a jack. No, no. He literally like turned the knob and then he walked over to the corner and grabbed a filter and he was like talking to me the whole time. And then <laughs> like a couple seconds later, he shuts my hood and I'm like, what just happened? He's like, I just changed the oil. I'm like, <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? I'm like, is there anything broken in there? He's like, no, it looks good. I'm like, did you look at everything, even the gasket? And he's like, oh, dude, all the gaskets are good, I'm sure. I'm like, what the hell? So, yeah, so that's, dude, the I've worst. Ch- I've changed. Have you ever changed uh, your, your oil, Brandon? Yeah, I've never, I've never taken my car anywhere to change the oil. Where do you, where do you dispose of the oil? Uh, Fire. It's <laughs> oh your, your, good fire starters. In, in your backyard? Uh, well, down in the field. Yeah. So okay. So, so you'll we take. Got a bunch of, you'll take. We got a bunch of trees we got to burn. So we just like put them in the old containers. We'll just take it out, pour it in there, and then we'll write old on there. Then we know that that's our fire starter. Okay. I, I asked the wrong right person because <laughs> it's like envi- It's like is a, that environmentally like the worst thing you can do? It's like a family business for Brandon. What do you What do you do with the fat? When we make soap, that's what we do with the bodies. That's what we do. So I I changed my oil once. Uh, this was in college, my freshman year, my roommate, good old boy from Lancaster, South Carolina. There wasn't a minute of his life that he did not have the, the largest dip in his mouth. He drove this old school, uh, like kind of Carolina blue Chevy truck. And when I say old school, like from the 60s or 70s, 
And he loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, he was a good old boy. Country strong, like, by times 10. And uh, something was wrong. With me. I knew nothing about cars. Like, all my tires were all bald. I, like, everything was wrong with the car. And he said, he goes, you know, man, you should probably get your oil changed. He's like, when's the last time you got your oil changed? And I, and I remembered because I thought when I first got the car when I was 16 that I'd just add oil like gasoline. <laughs> and my high school sweetheart's dad was a mechanic and he owned a shop. And I remember he was like, oh, you really fucked this up, kid. You know, they had to like redo all this stuff. And I was like, how much is it going to cost? And he didn't charge me anything, thank God. So that was like the last time I had the oil change. So it's been like five years or something, you know, oh, six yeah. years. He's like, oh, dude, you got to get your oil change. He goes, I was like, well, I don't have any money. And he goes, well, I, I can do it for you. I, was, I, was like, I can show you how to do it. He's like, you know, a real man will change your own oil. I was like, okay. So we go out in this field in North South Carolina and he uses the, you know, the little wrench to, to take the cap off, you know, a little circle wrench thing. He takes it off and he just lets the oil drain in the ground. Like nice. there was no, there was no catch. To, to, That's to, where it came from to begin with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> when the dinosaurs were alive, <laughs> he does that. And you know, he does every, he does all the things and he puts the thing back on that we bought for like five bucks and he goes, your oil's changed. And I said, oh, cool. That's all you got to do. So years later, I was like, well, I should probably change my own oil. <laughs> and I was telling somebody, I was like, hey, you mind if I change my oil in your driveway? Oh, God, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Not thinking, you know, like the oil's going to go. He's like, yeah, I do have a problem with that. He's like, where are you going to put the oil? I was like, oh, just, it'll drain. Because <laughs> you're fucking stupid. <laughs> New concrete driveway. <laughs> yeah, that's what my roommate did in college. And it wasn't on a driveway. It was out in a field. He was like, I can just park on your grass, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's when I that's when I learned to take my, my car into oil. But anyway, so I bring this up because uh, I, I went to the dentist. I can't stand. I, I just despise going to the dentist. I go twice a year, and I had to go to this new. The, my old dentist was cool. Like I. I it wasn't a bad trip. They were very nice, and I was in and out, and the 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 scraping of the teeth thing, that that the sound and the feeling, just ugh, can't do it. And I don't have a big mouth. I could never be gay because I, I my my mouth only opens up so far. So I get kind of gay with a midget. Like, no, midgets are hung like baby donkeys, dude. Have you ever seen a midget's penis? <laughs> oh my God. They're huge. No. They're like a third arm. My buddy showed me his one time. It's gigantic. And maybe that's because it's proportioned differently. But yeah. anyway, so um, so so I go. I, I have to go to this new dentist. This is the second time I've been, and I, I'm not a big fan. But according to my new healthcare insurance's website, this is the only one nearby, and it's kind of a chain type of place, which I always try to avoid going to a chain type of place when it comes to dentistry or medical care. And the, I, I, there can't be there. There can't be one person in there over the age of 25. It's almost like a school, like a dentistry school. So the first time I went in there, they, they got me for fluoride, which I'd never had offered to me before. They're like, would you like fluoride, sir? We offer that. I said, sure. What does that do? The you treatment. Know? Yeah, yeah, the treatment. The 35 bucks and you're, you got the shit caked on your teeth for 24 hours. You're chapped. Yeah, your lips are chapped. What a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. That's like such a scam. Yeah. Didn't do shit. And it for tastes me. like bubble gum. Mm -hmm. Thirty five bucks, like, dude. I'm I'm over forty, man. Can we make this thing taste like Bud Light or something? <laughs> Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I go into the other day and, and I, I had to reschedule and that was a pain in the ass. So I finally get in there and I sit down in the chair. Well, first off, there was this whole issue with my insurance for whatever reason. They got it figured out. I go and I sit down um, in the chair and this woman, young girl comes over. She's very sweet, very nice, very talkative. And that was the issue. She was like so talkative. Like she's sitting there. Why these people talk to you when they're like, if you want to tell me a story, that's fine. But nowhere in that story should a sentence end in a question mark. As they're spraying water into your mouth. Because you can't, uh-huh. you, yeah. you, you can't answer. And like, if you want to give me, maybe I'll give you a pass on a yes, no. Cause I could go, uh-huh, uh-huh. But when you want me to give you a full sentence reply, <laughs> And I've got 18 different tools in my mouth filled with water with air sucking my tongue out. How do you expect me to answer your fucking question? And it's like, where, where are you from? Where are you from? What, uh, what did you do as a young child? Did you enjoy sports? If so, which ones? You know, you're like, dude, come on. Well, I, got the, I got the girl that, so how was your, your week or weekend? And, and before, like, knowing that I couldn't answer, she then goes to tell me her, hers. And her weekend was kind of boring, but she made it sound like it was the best week or weekend of her life. And then like in the middle of the story, she's telling, she's, she's t- in the middle of the story, she starts to get angry at what happened. And I could feel the pressure change from her scraping my teeth to passive to aggressive as she starts to get angry in this story. And she's poking my gums. Like, you know, they do that count. Let's count off, make sure everything. Oh, yeah. I don't know why they have to poke when they count. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Just fucking count. One, two, three, four. Is that when they're like, number 22 is a three? Number 21 is a six? Yeah. And she, you're like, I have no idea if that's good or not. Am I passing? So this 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 process took so long. I, I mean, I was in this chair getting clean for like about an hour. I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here. So finally she, you know, she starts to finish up and she's like, all right, everything's great. She's like, the doctor's going to come. You know, the doctor comes in and sees you. So this doctor comes in again, she's like 25 years old. He sits down and he's looking around and he goes, ooh. Now, I've had, <laughs> I, I, I'm 47. I've had one cavity in my entire life, okay? I am a dipper, but every time I go there, they say my gums are fine, okay? Not justifying any of this, but I'm just saying my, my, my dental history is strong, okay? I have a strong dental history. So he looks at one of my back. Now I grind my teeth at night. I know this aggressively. Oh, I feel you. Aggressively grind my teeth, but I wear a mouth guard. Do you wear a mouth guard? I do not. Can I give you a piece of advice? Yeah, wear wear, one. A, wear a mouth guard. Get one made. Uh, so here's what I'm getting at, though. But get one. Don't go to the store and get one because you'll go through that in a month. You know the plastic you know, like football mouthpieces. Yeah, I choked on that. Or you'll choke on it. Yeah, yeah. I've tried that route. It doesn't work. Spend the couple dollars to get one made, right? Now, the one that I'm wearing now, and get it made out of acrylic, so it's hard. That rubber? No, not rubber. Acrylic. Isn't it just as bad? Acrylic will last longer. Yeah, but uh, don't you want something soft to rub your teeth against? It's a soft acrylic. It's like a hard plastic. It's like a very, very hard plastic. Yeah, you're you're not. I mean, and it's molded to your to your teeth. It's not like they're putting cement in your mouth. I mean, it's like you're grinding. You're not. You're not. You're not grinding your teeth on the four square court. It's, <laughs> it's like a, it's an acrylic. It's fine. So okay. I, I got. I, you know, I've, I've worn them my whole life. Now, when you're single, they're not the most attractive thing in the world. When uh, you know, 
Rach and I are doing sexy time. I'll sometimes have to uh, keep it in my mouth. I'll just keep my mouth closed. <laughs> because you know what's gross? You know what's more odd or weird or grosser than having sexy time with a mouth guard in? Taking it out right before. <laughs> it's like you're taking your dentures out. Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead. Try taking a mouth guard out right before you have sexy time, especially with a new relationship. See how she reacts. Like, I was up front with Rachel at the beginning. I said, look, I really like you. I enjoy sexy time with you. I think that we have a relationship, but there's something you have to understand. I'm going to wear a mouth guard when we do it. <laughs> and it makes your breath stink, too. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, it's, it's nasty. So the, he, this, doctor, this dentist goes, ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he gives me one of those. He goes, your number tooth, whatever mm -hmm. it is. He goes, I'm starting to see the, I guess there's three layers to your tooth. I forget what they are, but it's like f fluoride and something. So I'm getting to the second layer on one of my back teeth. He says, you grind your teeth, don't you? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like uh, the uh, Gary, what's his name from the office? Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, but I wear a night guard. I wear a mouth guard. He goes, yeah. And I brought it with me because I have them clean it. Right? I didn't know they do that. Oh, yeah. They're like Zales. Like if you bring back the engagement ring 10 years later, they'll clean it for free. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. It's funny you say that because the thing that I clean it in is like a jewelry cleaner. Hmm. You know, you put the water in and you hit the button in it. I use a toothbrush and just so scrub you, it. You can do that. I have a little bit more advanced on the side of the table. <laughs> so uh, he goes, well, uh, I looked at your night guard and you're grinding through your night guard. So I've, I've worn out my night guard, which is fair, understandable. So I said, okay, well, let's, let's get a new one. Let's get molded for a new one and let's buy, you know, let's get this. Now, when I got this night guard, I remember I paid $300 for it, which I thought was expensive. Mm -hmm. Now I'd probably say, okay, I'll pay $300 for it. So I'm waiting for about 20 some odd minutes. Finally, the chick comes back. And she's got the sheet. You guys want to take a guess how much they want to charge me for this night guard? How long you had the one you have now? Like three years? Oh, no. I've had the one I've had now five years, maybe. Taking into time. Consideration of the time. I'm, I'm not selling my old night guard. I understand. This is a new night guard. You could sell the old one if you wanted to and make some money off How that. much for the new night guard? I'm going to say $750. All right, Brandon. Uh, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Woof. Okay, no, well, not that bad. You guys are killing my story. It's six hundred bucks. <laughs> six hundred bucks, double the price for the night guard. And and she goes, do you, do, would you like us? You know, we, we can do the mold now and, and get this done in a week. And I go, no. There has to be a. You know, I'm that guy. There always has to be a cheaper solution somewhere. Mm -hmm. So and a lot of times it, it's a. I shoot myself in the foot trying to find the cheaper solution. So uh, she walks, like, I'm still in the dentist's office, and I'm Googling inexpensive night guards. And then I start educating myself on there's different types of night guards. There's different businesses. And so you can go online from these, store, these, these online places, and you get it for, like, $175. Yeah. They'll send you, like, the kit to your house. Yeah, they'll the send impression. you the mold. Yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. send you the mold, and then you just pick the one that you want. You know, do you want the, the harder plastic? Or, that's what I need. I need the Mac Daddy. It's like no more than $200. Yeah. You know, you, you never do that with x-rays, though. I always do the x-rays in the dental office. 
I don't think you can do at-home x-rays. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. don't want to try that. You don't want your wife next to you with your phone. And, <laughs> yeah. Can you put on this Kevlar blanket, puts, please? <laughs> Stop hitting the button. <laughs> beep, beep. Don't point it at my penis. <laughs> You're going to shrink my junk. So anyway, I, it's, I'm like so frustrated with this whole thing. Like anytime I go to the doctor, the den, I always feel like they're trying to job me. That's Well, they are. I mean, that's how they make their money. I'm sure that, the, well, look at the price. The increase in price on that thing, they're probably making a 100% markup at least. At least. Uh, and that's, but you know how many suckers come in there and they're like, yeah, I need that. I mean, have you ever, well, you obviously you wear glasses. You go to the optometrist. Do they do the. Uh, I've told that story before. I uh, Where they I, dilate you? The, the, I'm new to the glass world, like a couple years into it. it was, as soon as I turned 46, my eyes started to, to kind of go. I've had 20-20 vision my entire life. Never had to wear glasses, never had to wear contacts. As soon as I turned 46, things started to get blurry. Now I wear glasses like when I'm doing the show, if i got to read or something, reading glasses. Uh, but I have a, a, a script for, for these glasses. And the fir- I was kind of excited the first time I went in there. And I ended up spending like $1,200. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though outside when you walk in, it's like forty percent off. Yeah. Your insurance picks up this. Buy one get one. Yep. You get all like all these. It looks like you can walk in and walk out with tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. I was like, how do I get charged twelve thousand? Well, it's not necessarily the frame. Mm-hmm. It's the lens, mm-hmm. and we have to send it to the lab. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. I was like, but in my head, I'm going, well, this is medical. I need this. Mm-hmm. You know. And I remember coming home and I got the, I think these are the, actually, these are the glasses that were expensive. And, uh, and I told Rach and she's been wearing glasses her whole life. She was like, Oh, you got jobs. And I said, he told me I needed the try glasses or whatever. Like yeah. I can see three different things at one time. She's like, no, you don't. And they're shatterproof lenses, obviously. Of course. Yeah. yeah you have to have that. Actually, this mixes drinks too. I mean, but when you go in and you have insurance and they go, well, we got to dilate your pupils. And you're like, well, what's that mean? Like, we're going to make a massive and see if it hurts. Oh, I think that, okay. And you do it, you're like, God! And you're like, Jesus! And they put their lenses on you, and they're like, you know, we should really do an x-ray or take a camera and look in the back of your eyeball to see if you have cancer. Like, you're looking at, why, is that, is that common? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's very common. I've been on this earth for a minute. I've never, ever had a friend come to me and be like, dude, you're not going to believe this. I have, a, I have eye cancer. And you're like, oh, man, yeah, it's pretty. No. So anyway, they, yeah, it's all about the money, man. They and it's make, a la carte. It's like, you, well, the, the dilation is $25. But they don't tell you that. And it was 70, like my son's seven, and it was $75. And I walk out of there, and I get a bill, and I'm like, what the hell is this for? And they're like, oh, it's for the dilation. I'm like, he didn't even want it. Mm-hmm. He's freaking out, like, they're going to make my eyes hurt. And it's like, bro, it's fine. It's free. Just yeah. do it. It's free. The, 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 the th- Nate tells a story when he hurt his hands and he goes to Mexico and they told him what the pricing was going to be beforehand. Oh. Like I said, this is how much for the x-ray. This is how, which I think is great. Um, we don't do that here in this country for whatever reason. And I just experienced that with, uh, you know, the, the cancer that I had taken out, the, the skin cancer, the basal cancer stuff, I had taken out of my legs. Like two almost symmetrical incisions. I've got 12 stitches taken out of my legs. That's, you know, I, 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 the first time I go in there, it was like five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. It's like Jesus. Then, then I went back because they they said they needed to dig it out. I have no choice but to believe them, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I can't call them liars. No, I'm going to keep it. So, so I go in there, they dig them out, they stitch me up. It's twelve hundred dollars when I check out. Yeah, and I'm like Jesus. So now I'm almost in for two grand. Two weeks later, I get a bill in the mail for two hundred and seventy five dollars from the laboratory. Mm-hmm. 
that had to tell me that it was basil. I mean, something for two grand. Yeah. And you had no idea. Yeah. And then you're saying to yourself the whole time, you're like, well, it's better I do this and pay the two grand than die. <laughs> but then you go, when I really die, is this real? You just don't I, believe them. Could I cut it out at home? I have some fingernail clippers. If, if it even needs to be cut out. You know, that's the other thing. You don't even need to be cut out. It's like you, you, you feel like everything that you do and everywhere you go, somebody's trying to job you. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I think the last, last thing that I've done that made me feel like I won was cutting the cord. Yes. Yes. That's a very liberating feeling when you get rid of cable and then satellite and you start to, you're a part of this revolution of trying to beat the machine, mm-hmm. you know, because for years we were slaves to the machine of cable television of, of satellite because you had to have it and there was no other options, but now you go, okay, well I'm already paying for Wi-Fi in my house, good internet, which is expensive, but now that's really my cable bill. If you look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, and then you throw in $5 here, $2 here, $3 here for different apps, unless you're sharing passwords or something. And, and, and I get that every Sunday when I sit down or every Thursday night now for Amazon Prime, even though you're, you're buying Amazon Prime. But every Sunday and every Thursday, especially Sundays, when I sit down and watch football, I feel like I've won. Even though my yeah. fantasy season is not going very well, <laughs> neither is my betting. But do you, do you only watch local games or are you like, do you have a way to watch like ticket, something like that? No, I didn't buy the ticket. I'm done with the ticket. I, I, the only reason I bought the ticket uh, in the prior years was to get the red zone. I'm a red zone guy through and through. Now, I would never condone this, but if you have DirecTV and you give me your login and I download Sunday ticket on my phone, mm-hmm. as you, I can project that on a TV. Correct. But I would never do that. But well, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I'm not paying for it. I'm getting your. Oh my, in. yeah. Well, so I have YouTube TV, which has the red zone, and so we pay like fifty dollars a month for YouTube TV, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. The only thing that it doesn't have is a back button. We're big toggle fuckers. We call it. So we'll have a primary show, or we did. We'd have a primary show and a secondary show, so we toggle back and forth during the show. Well, no, like during commercial or something. If it was a commercial type of show. Oh, wow. No, not if it's like a Netflixy type of show. But the football stuff is great. I, I'm sitting there watching Red Zone on Sundays, and I'm just like, I, I feel like I feel like I won. I don't know if we'll feel like we won when the Super Bowl comes around and we have to watch Rihanna for the halftime show. <laughs> but we, we, we win up until the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, last year they got it right. This year, I think people turned them down. Is it just her? Well, I don't know. The rest of right now. I didn't even know she was the one. Yeah. So that's Well, the, the rumor was Taylor Swift because something was on the internet about that. And then she goes, no. I think she turned it down. I think they offered it to her. She's like, no. Maybe it'll be Rihanna and Eve. That'd be a heck of a show. <laughs> Would it? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I miss Nate because Nate will, Nate will argue to his blue in the face. It doesn't matter who they get for the Super Bowl. Nate's always 100% all in. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he blames, he's like, well, you just don't like it because you're older yeah. or you're old. He's like, Unless it's this, you don't like it. Well, yeah, that's called preference. I mean, that's the definition of preference. I don't mind Rihanna as an artist. I think she's extremely talented and she's got some cool songs, that umbrella song, umbrella, umbrella, you know, I think it's cool. 
I just don't want her for my halftime show. No, and and they got it's got she's got to, the the artist has got to be able to transcend. Like I don't care who it is. Like last year, there's people out there that don't like hip hop, but when they saw who it was, you can't argue it. No, that that was without a doubt one of the best halftime shows of all time. Yeah, and I feel like you know if somebody and I know that this would never happen, but if you got you're talking bands like the Rolling Stones or ACDC that have been around a minute. Maybe maybe they solidified themselves in history. Nobody's going to argue that. But Rihanna, not sure she solidified herself in history. We haven't figured out the formula for the halftime show. But if I were to guess, there has to be the nostalgia factor. Now, Rihanna's been around for a while. I mean, she's been in the industry probably for almost 20 years. You know, give or take maybe. But I think there's, you can't go too old. Like the Who or Rolling Stones. I think you're outdated there. But if you go too soon, you're kind of shunning what I would assume is your core demographic, which would be 25, 54 male that, you know, you're looking to the, the Gen Xers kind of those are, they're talking about the guy that did it two years ago. And I cannot remember his name to save my life. Adam Levine. No, No. two years ago. He, uh, the weekend. The weekend. Oh, the, that was horrible. And I, and I didn't even know what was going on. It was, a, it was a good show. It was, hold on, Brad. It was a good performance. I thought the performance was good, but like Chuck says, it doesn't transcend. Yeah, I didn't because that was the first time I've ever heard any of his music. So you know, I don't care how good of a show you put on. The first time I ever hear your music, it's not going to be like, oh man, that song is in my head. And I didn't know who he was, so I just think it needs to be something that transcends. But there's, there's a lot of it out there. Gavril Levine. You liked it, right? Oh, Avril Levine would be great. <laughs> See that's I can get yeah. I can get on board with the Avril Ravine stuff. She's 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 back she's back relevant again. She's yeah. got some new stuff. It's good. Big in the nineties, back relevant today. She's a name that's stuck around. Yeah, and people know who she is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really not a fan of any of the halftime shows because the audio always sounds like shit. They never play any of their good songs. They play maybe two, and they don't even play the whole song. Then they cut off and transition to something else, and they just got a bunch of flashy shit going on. You can't even hear the music. It's just uh, well, Lady Gaga well, was it, awesome, right? Yeah, the no. same problem. Like, you can't hear the shit. Well, yeah. he, here's here's the formula: you have to have numerous artists. You have to, you know, the way that our attention span is, is you know, look squirrel. So you have to have numerous artists. I always go back to I want to say it was two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand, somewhere around there. It was In Sync, Britney, Aerosmith, and Nelly. Didn't Run DMC come out on that one too? Did they? Isn't that when they did the Walk This Way with Run DMC? I don't think so. Oh. I don't remember. Yeah. But I remember those four artists. Yeah. And I was like, way cool. You know, you've got a rock band, a legendary and iconic rock band in Aerosmith that can wave the rock flag without a doubt, but has transcended to top 40 when during those days, during the early 2000s, that was a big thing for bands and other genres to kind of cross over, mm-hmm. right? So you've got that going for you. Arguably the biggest band, you know, in the world at that time, or artists were Britney and 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 Sync, and Nelly was a big deal. I still love Nelly. I think Nelly's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have that rap thing, the top forty rap. You've got the pop music in there, and then you've got the rock. You've got a little bit of both, and it was a surprise, right? It was a, I forget. I think In Sync were the were the were the was the band, but it was like a surprise. The Pepsi halftime show, yeah, like that's the good stuff. When you just bring out one artist. That's why the Eminem, Dre, Fitty, all that stuff that worked because you had numerous artists. Yeah, and Fitty was he was a surprise, right? He was a he surprise was a surprise. So yeah. I, I think maybe they'll do that this year. Maybe they're just hey Rihanna, 
Chris Brown's going to show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was going to I was going I was going to throw in a Chris Brown joke. Yeah. So I don't know who you'd get with Rihanna, like that you would care about. Uh, you can't bring, you know, the argument that's made every year is what, what, what is wrong with you people? Why do you not get Metallica? Yeah. I, I, I don't think these people, I think the people that book them, they are head in the sand, man. Cause, but the argument's been there forever. They don't have the booking like I do for podcast and exactly. too, with the Verve Pipe and Distinct Grace. See, now that's a halftime show. They might hire me to start booking the halftime show. <laughs> that's awesome. But if you had Metallica, then you can bring on Miley Cyrus. Who was who was who was collaborated with Metallica before, and it's awesome. You know, you could do that. Okay, and you know, then you can throw in a, you know, more, Morgan Wallen, a more yeah yeah. Or Luke Combs. Luke Combs is more. I think he's a family household name right now. That's the other thing is they don't put enough country into this. I don't. To be honest really, with yeah, you, but if really. you were to have let's say Metallica, Miley Cyrus, maybe bring out Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> And do achy breaky heart with Metallica. That's legit. Holy tits, man! It's a—I mean, that's a talker. That's exciting, right? And then, and then I know where the kid that does Old Town Road. What's his name? He's playing Little Nas, Nas X. Little Nas X. Because now you got Billy there, so you just happen to surprise everybody with Little Nas X. And it's, he's a thing again, right? I mean, Little yeah. Nas X is is a big deal. I mean, he represents the gay black community, you know, and he's a rapper. So you bring that dude out there. It's huge. Holy shit, that's your halftime show. I like it. If that's not a fair halftime show, then fight me on it. Because I think <laughs> I've been very fair about this halftime show. Metallica, Miley Cyrus, Little Nas X, and Billy Ray Cyrus. Done. Brandon, do we have any uh, discrepancies here? Oh, I like that. I'm, I'm enjoying it. See, isn't that, isn't that a great idea? See how I brains... This is all these... But the people that they have running the show are fucking ancient. They're so out of touch. They don't understand what entertainment is. Let's book Rihanna. The fuck are you going to play that Umbrella song 50 million times? I do, but you got to... Are you sure Metallica would even say yes? I mean, Metallica's got some street cred. I don't know if they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. I think a lot of artists are saying no at this point. Yeah, I know. There have been artists that have turned them down. Like, well, this year, it's the first time that Apple Music is putting on... So there's always a rub, right? So Apple Music is putting on the halftime show this year. I'm assuming Rihanna is going to have a new album uh, or something on Apple TV, something very I fill in the blank, mm -hmm. that it's going to be one big fucking commercial. You know, like uh, Rock uh, Jay-Z's company, Rockefeller, whatever it is, like they put on the, um, did they do the week? No, they did last year. I think they did last year. But so, so like, there's always, you know, hey, look, we're going to spend our money to produce this. Um, it'll be our halftime show for you versus the Super Bowl people saying, all right, we're going to produce it and hire a production company. So that's, they're kind of outsourcing the halftime shows now. All right. That's what they're doing. I just, you know, and I hate to be disrespectful to Rihanna because I think she's a, I don't never met the woman, but she seems very nice. What she's gone through in her life, in her career, mm -hmm. uh, is, is, and she's uh, so talented. It's just, I don't think that's the audience. No, I agree. It's not your football audience. I, you go and you talk, you survey, one, you survey 10 diehard football fans. You ask them where Rihanna ranks on their playlist. <laughs> I promise you it's not in the top 50. I think, I think she's better known for her tattoos. You know, she's got the tattoo right here. That was a big deal. It's like a chest tattoo. And the sex sells thing doesn't work anymore either. 
You know, I mean, she's very beautiful. She can go out there and dress all sexy. I mean, like the J-Lo Shakira thing was over-the-top sexy, but they had that Latin kind of flavor, and, you know, that's just how that, you know, that that it was. Mm-hmm. They got so many complaints over because it, it was so sexy. It's like, oh, God forbid, you know, a woman be sexy. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It's not like she was showing crotch. Yeah. She had fucking clothes on. You know, what are you talking about? What are you complaining about because she's shaking her ass? That's how you dance. How do you dance? You know, <laughs> that's what you got to do. So, anyway, let's write this down Metallica. Yep. Miley. Yep. Billy Ray. Done. Little Nas X. Perfect. It's like six degrees of music. And I'm 90% positive three of those four would say yes. Yeah. You know, I think that's what you, that's what you do. You bring in a rocker, you get a popper. You get a rapper, you get a country. And you cover all the genres and all the fan base. And you make everybody happy. And then just like in the middle of it, Kenny G rolls up. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a talker, right? You're like, holy shit, the best part of the thing was Kenny G solo. Where did he come from? Dude, he popped (laughs) up out of the stage. That's fucking badass. People are going to be like, who the fuck's Kenny G? Like, oh, dude, he's old school, you know, skin flute player. Michael Bolton's just over there shaking his head like, man, this is good. Get the guy that doesn't play an instrument but dances for the Mighty Mighty Boston's. <laughs> just put him on the side, you know. Or do a theme, like do a 90s theme or, you know, a, 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 just do a theme. Like if you had a theme, you could you could bring in different artists to do different things. I think that's what they did last year with the rap. I mean, it was all... You know, West Coast, East Coast, the the nineties rap game and that yeah. you know, it was good. It was, it was strong. Good. It was strong. All right. Uh excuse me. Better with fuck. Uh do you, are you familiar with this? Okay. So you said that earlier and I actually tried to Google it. Don't do that. Again. Well, better with fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about? Okay. So it's a bit that we do on Friday's shows. Okay. And um I'll take audio, outside audio, and I'll insert the word fuck. Okay. <laughs> it's it's very simple stuff. I mean, we're we're not we're, we're not rocket scientists here. But on you're show. talking about the culinary individual. Chef Erica. Chef Erica. She's a sponsor. But oh, I have a sponsor for the segment. For the segment. I thought it was her like company <laughs> i'm like what okay i got you now i got you so I mean, i'm tracking i'll do the read for you are you ready to give a fuck about your health then check out chef erica at ericanicoleday.com also a sponsor of podcast and pours too halliversary she'll be out there perfect experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef with medical and a high-end restaurant background available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss helping with medical conditions or strict macros bodybuilding fitness training you name it Chef Erica, wonderful person. And she's the person you'd go to for all these things. She's a proud sponsor of the BS. EricaNicoleDay.com. Give her some business. Give her a hello. She's all over our social media. She's a great, fantastic human being. I'm going to check that out. So what did you think? Better with, like, you were actually the the verb, the action of doing this with her? No, no. I actually thought it was a food item. um, And that was her jam. And she was like, hey, I make it. Because there's a food, uh, a Thai food called something like that um a dish so i was like oh it must be you know a dish called fuck and so i'm like oh, trying f- to- like fook 
Yeah. So I'm like Googling it. Better, maybe we do a, maybe we do an Asian version of this called Better with Fook. <laughs> and do culinary stuff. No, so the whole idea how this started was when we first started this project, you know, it was fun to be able to cuss and whatnot. We might have got a little carried away at the beginning. Um, I've toned it back a little bit. I, 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 sorry, it's like kitten candy store. You know, but it's nice to talk freely. It really is. But the whole concept of this is there are certain things that exist, a lot of things that exist, that would sound better with a well-placed fuck. Because the word fuck is very powerful. But if you fuck, 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 fuck all the time, it waters it down and you actually sound kind of unintelligent, mm-hmm. right? But a well-placed fuck it brings new meaning to whatever you're talking about. So that's what I try to do here. Now, it's going to be you and Brandon. I have four clips this week. You're going to rate them 1 to 10, 10 being the best. All right? Hello, don't, don't start off too high now, Chuck. Don't I'm going to try high. to pace myself here. <laughs> I, I don't like that theory. You, you've, 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 if you think the first one's a, a 10, you say 10. Okay. Okay. Don't, 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 I know you're comparing them, but don't wait until the last one because that's what these guys do. And then they get screwed and they'll think the first one's best. And then by the time I get to the last one, they're giving me fours and shit. So it's a very unfair game for me. Uh, and then the winner, here's what the winner gets. It's played again. <laughs> oh, that's it. All right. All right. We've got an intro and everything. Listen. Whatever we do, it's better with what? Everything's better with the fuck. You're not a listener of the show, are you? I am, but I've never heard this. Yeah, this is very entertaining. <laughs> You're not getting this anywhere else. All right. Like Brandon's got a segment. Well, you've seen Brandon's segment. One question with Brandon. I have, I have. Nate's got a segment. Everybody's got a segment. If you want to be a part of the show, you can have your own segment. I would love a segment. Yeah. What would it be called? Um Things to Not Do Again. With Chuck. Yeah. Chuck. Okay. I have a lot of them. So because of Hurricane Ian causing all kinds of mischief coming up uh, through the state of Florida and all that stuff, uh, I grabbed meteorologists <laughs> and put a well-placed fuck in there. Now, I am I have a I have a lot I have a few meteorologist fans and I like them a lot and I can appreciate what they do. But I'll say this, I've said this once, I've said this a million times, I'll say it again. In a world where we don't trust anything. We just went through a pandemic where there were people that didn't believe that it even existed. You didn't now not believing where it came from was one thing. You didn't believe where it existed. You didn't believe that the vaccine was. Re- I mean, there were there. We don't. We question everything, right? We just did a whole thing about questioning doctors and dentists, but yet no one's ever been upset with meteorologists when they're never correct. <laughs> These people have been lying to us since the dawn of the Doppler, and we never get pissed off about it. You never see a group of people go, we need to do something about these people. They're fucking my shit up. I was going out to play golf on Saturday, but I changed my plans because my weather app said it was going 89% chance of rain. I woke up, it was a beautiful day, and it rained on Monday. We never do that. Mm -mm. Okay. Better with fuck. Hurricane edition. Much of the same, uh, Jake. I mean, the only way I can describe it is if you if you own a power washer, you know, where you can uh, clean your deck, uh, spring cleaning. Imagine fuck it in the face. There you go, fucking in the face. <laughs> You're not getting a lot of fucks with these. You're going to get one or two, maybe. Uh, Brandon, the, you want to start us off? Is the pressure washer fucking us in the face? 
Are we fucking the pressure washer in the face? I believe the pressure washer was going to fuck you in the face. Okay. All right. That's a little better. Uh, I'll start off with uh, with an eight. An eight. Okay. That's strong. I like that. Thank you. Chuck? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I didn't really think that his heart was behind it. You know, I didn't really, I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. picking it up just because he seemed like he was um, a little lethargic. Mm-hmm. Was, well, was, I can't do anything about that. I'm, I'm going to say uh, just because game, we got a long game ahead of us. Brandon, I'm going to go with a five. Okay, I've never received a five before. Wow. Yeah, I've that's ne- a very low start. <laughs> In the history of this game, I've never received a five. So this for everything. M- might be your last time on the show. <laughs> Good possibility. All right, here's the second one. Trash cans flying around. Uh, and this wind, I am not a small woman, as you know, Don. I'm a chunky girl. And it is blowing me around when the gusts come really, really hard. So this is nothing to fuck around with. You're a beautiful woman no matter what size you are, and there's nothing wrong with fuck. All right, you got two fucks in there. <laughs> yeah, you also got to come really hard that she said herself. Exactly. I like that one. Yeah, and blowing. <laughs> there's a blow in there as well. So I got a lot a lot of good uh, little, little, good little snippets, little nuggets in there, Brandon. <laughs> that was better than the first, I will say. I like that one. I'll give it a nine. Nine. There you go. I like that. Thank you. See what I'm saying? I, I, I played this right. The self-deprecation of her not being a small woman. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that. Yeah, sure. And then two of them perfectly placed. And then at the very end, her co-anchor going, you know, you're a beautiful woman no matter what. He didn't say you're skinny. Mm. He said, you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> he did not no, say. <laughs> no, he didn't say, whoa, you're yeah. overselling this. You're not. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. You know what? It's okay to be fat. So, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a solid eight. An eight. Okay, eight to five. Okay, we've never had a jump like that before either, but... I do like the, the eight score. Right. Right, let me stop plotting. Here's a third one. Yes, Ashley. Yes, Mike. I wanted to give you a list of the open shelters that are currently still fucking people. That's the Palm Beach Gardens High School. We also have the special needs shelter at the uh, Florida f- Fairgrounds. <laughs> that one, just to let you know, full disclosure, that one might be my favorite. <laughs> the special needs shelter is currently open fucking people. <laughs> Down at the high school. <laughs> All right, Brandon, start us off. <laughs> that was a strong one. I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, okay, a nine. I'll take that. Chuck. Um, it was very strong. Uh, I actually thought that she was going to throw her own in there when she was stumbling with the F after that, when she went f- f- friendly. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine as well. All I think right. that was well, very good. That's big. That's, that's a strong, strong one. Uh, I think that one's going to win. Here, here's the fourth one. Winds have clearly picked up, as has the surf, which means storm surge would be approaching. Wait, Mariana, before you get reporting, is that somebody Ah! surfing behind you? Oh, come on. That's exactly what I wanted to show you, Alec. There's a guy behind her fuck surfing. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it's a sight to see during a hurricane. Brandon? (laughs) Oh, not my favorite, but it's up there. I'll give it a seven. A seven, okay. Ah, should have been plural. Um, I'm going to give it a six. A six. Okay. You're not welcome back. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know why they applaud it. It was bad. So the winner is clip three of Better With Fuck Hurricane Edition. Here we go. Yes, Ashley. Yes, Mike. I wanted to give you a list of the open shelters that are currently still fucking people. That's the Palm Beach Gardens High School. We also have the special needs shelter at the uh, Florida f- Fairgrounds. <laughs> that was my favorite. That should have won. Right, there we go. Thanks, Chef Eric and Nicole. Ericanicoldday.com. 
All right, podcast and pours two anniversary again. A reminder: please get your tickets uh, so I can sleep at night and my acid reflux not uh, you know go crazy and I can say okay we got a full house here. It's good. Podcastthebs.com, forty dollars right now for GA, hundred bucks for VIP. Those are over half sold out. Uh, for VIP, you get uh, free food and a drink. We've got the Verve Pipe headlining our event for Halloween. We're celebrating Halloween, the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and one year of me getting fired from the radio station. So there's a lot to celebrate, right? We'll have drinks aflow and food to eat and great people, great costumes, two different costume contest one being the dollar store uh, less is more if you want to sign up for that again podcastbs.com right there on the uh the event page for for halliversary is where you can sign up if you want to be a sponsor i've got room for about a handful more sponsors if you are interested uh, so far thank you to georgia hemp company chef eric and a cold day and inspect all pest services uh, we'll have uh, new merch out there for you if you want to buy some of that the event merch you can only get online in our merch store on our website. Uh, hotels. We have a hotel that are given a special discount for that entire weekend. We've blocked off rooms. Now, when those rooms are gone, they're gone. Um, but I'm going to, on our social media, you'll see it. I've pinned it to the top of the Facebook page. So you'll be able to do that. Um, social media, all of our channels are up there. Like, share, and all that good stuff. All right. I think I've said it over and over again. Just got to keep reminding you guys, right? All right. Uh, Brandon, before we get out, you got anything? Uh, get your hurricane vaccination. Yes, get your hurricane vaccination. Thank you very much. And the lead singer of Distinct Grace also performing at Halliversary. Chuck Lunsford, you have anything before you get out? The only thing I got is go to distinctgrace.com. Get on iTunes, anywhere the music is streamed. Check out our new music. We got a new uh, new song releasing every week uh, for the last month and a half. So we're going to keep rolling with that. And uh, hopefully the entire album is released before the podcast in pours. So hopefully people can help us out, support us that way. There you go. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening uh, this weekend. I know you're going to be doing some drinking. I understand. I get it, especially our Florida people. It's hurricane uh, party time. If you've had uh, too much, please do not get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost too, way too many friends like that, and I don't want to see that happen to you. Again, thanks for support. Talk to you Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.